And good morning. It is a Friday edition of Glenn Clark Radio, and that means our friend Stan the Fan Charles is back in studio with us, Chief Grand Poobah at Press Box. Good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning, guys. Good morning. Good to see you. You get your uh, you, you're down to, you're down to one donut a week. Um, well, I I fudged earlier in the week. I had another donut. Okay, we're not going to tell anybody. That was honey glazed as well. I I I'm trying not to do the. Hold the on. powder donut. I'm trying not to do there are 100 more calories than right. honey glazed. So we did establish calories. that. Like Your doctor will tell you the way that you want to get in shape is to eat more honey glazed donuts. That's exactly. I believe it's the American Medical Association that uh, made that statement. Um, that works. Oh. Surgeon General came out. Yeah, correct. But you, but you got your honey glazed donut this morning? I got a honey glazed donut. All right. And my coffee. I do like that. And my Dunkin' coffee. A lot to do on the program today coming up a little bit later on. Mark DeRosa from MLB Network is going to join us. Um, I'm looking forward to talking oh, to him. Oh, God. The thing about that is if you think Tarico doesn't like you, you <laughs> should hear the things that DeRosa said about you. Oh, my. None you, of them are true. You know the dirty little secret, right? He's he's on TV at the same time as we do this show. <laughs> so it's obviously not live. Lauren Shahadi? Uh, I don't know who else. Yeah, I think Shahadi's on that show. I know O'Dowd was on this week. Um, MLB Central, it's called. So when, we're not doing anything live with Mark DeRosa. Uh, we had to record that yesterday afternoon, but uh, it was a good conversation. And no, unfortunately, Stan was not here, so that was why we were having fun with that. Uh, Stan, we'll be here as we chat with Dylan Beavers. We'll make a trip to Aberdeen, catch up with Dylan Beavers, who's had a nice season for the Ironbirds. And have you guys had uh, Dylan Beavers, a nice player? Have you guys had uh, Kobe Mayo on the show? Uh, it's been a couple weeks. Yes. Oh, okay, we, you had him on. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, he's killing it. In fact, yeah. you know, we had a conversation earlier this week with. Uh, it, it just so happened to line up that we had both these guys on the same day. We had invited Jonathan Mayo on. Because MLB did redid their top 100 prospects and right. put Holiday number one over Ellie De La Cruz, right? Um, and then we had reached out to Keith Law because he had written something about Jordan Westberg for the Athletic, and it just right. so happened to be that they both came on the same day, right? And so I really was trying to dive into exactly what the value for for attempting to make a trade would be of certain guys because now that Westberg's here, right. It's it's going to be tougher for Orioles fans to stomach the idea of Westberg being involved in a trade. I would agree. And with Kowser being at the moment like sort of thought of as the center fielder of the future, although I think it was Keith Law who said he does not believe Kowser is a center fielder. Right. Um, Keith Law does not love Kowser. Yeah. He thinks he's more or less a fourth outfielder. Essentially. That would, that's and, and he didn't go as far as saying platoon hitter, but basically said, I don't think he's gonna ever going to be able to hit lefties well enough right. to be the guy that you think that he is. Right. But I still think it's a tough sell for the franchise to deal Kowser because you don't have the same depth there that you do in the infield. infield right. So the ideal thing, you know, every Orioles fan is sitting around today saying, well, just trade Ortiz and Norby. And like, okay, yeah, that's all well and good. But there's a limit to what Ortiz and Norby can bring you back. Not to say you can't get something for Even Ortiz. Even if you throw Ryan Mountcastle in? I don't know that that's going to help it all that much, Stan. In fact, you might have to be willing to take something. <laughs> um, so I said, you know, can what, what could you get for a package centered around Ortiz and Norby? And it was Jonathan Mayo, of course, who's not related, who said, well, there'd be a limit, but if you made it Mayo, Ortiz, and Norby... Now you might be on to something. Yeah. Because Mayo is the guy that it's starting to turn the corner to where the internally 
organizations would say, we think he is an all-star caliber player at the major league level. We think I, he's, I'm one of those people. Yeah. And so I that's the more intriguing thought is, is Mayo your first baseman of the future? Or is Kerstad your right fielder and Santander's your first baseman because you're going to commit to Santander? Right. And if he is, then you're going to run out of positions for everybody else to play. Is there a spot for Mayo, too? Is he blocked the same way that Ortiz and Norby are blocked if Kerstad's in right field, Santander's at first, and then at that point, whoever it would be, either Henderson or Westberg, is your third baseman once Jackson Holiday gets here. Right. So if that's the case then what is Kobe Mayo as part of this organization? Now, right. it's you know, when you say these things, somebody can get hurt. Things change, yeah, obviously. And you also have to question whether the team is – if a Mayo is such an alluring right. prospect then are next, they going to commit to summer, Santander? Are they going to commit to Hayes, Sundare, and Mullins? I yep. mean, you know, um, something – the dam's got to break. And the, the other part of this all, figuring out this um, – and I like to say how to thread this needle, mm-hmm. is what the club is willing to pay for a pitcher they acquire. This can't be – they can't do what the Orioles did when they acquired Andrew Miller, who wasn't well, a starting pitcher. No, you can't – But, but right. you can't give up even one really good prospect for, and then just let him walk two months later for a draft pick. You, and I, you and I strongly agree about – and I would say in general, that's why I wouldn't do a rental at all because I just don't trust – the argument that somebody would make is we could do a rental and just sign them. Well, it's not – even if that's your thought process, it's not that easy. Right. That guy is going to be able to negotiate with everyone. <laughs> like, that, you don't get – this isn't like when you acquired Roquan Smith last year and the Ravens and did. The Ravens controlled And, and you could always slap a tag for, on him yeah. or threaten to. We all knew that they weren't going to be able to because Lamar Jackson, but that was always looming for Roquan Smith. If they could get a deal done with Lamar, then they would be able to tag him. So you have some advantage there to get him to come to the table with you during the course of the season. It's not like that in baseball. You're no, acquiring a guy who's going to become a free agent at that point. Right. So that doesn't mean you can't sign him, but it's no different than any other free agent that would be on the market at that point. Yeah. So I am – and I hate saying it this way, like I don't want to use this guy just because he's come on the show, if the price of getting a rental is Dylan Beavers, right? then okay. You know right. what I mean? He's like, far enough down the road that you wouldn't mind You You it. might end up being bit in the ass by it. It's possible. Yeah, but it's four years down the road, and you may have won a, at least contended for and gotten into a World Series. Correct. Yeah. But if – if the price is more than that, if the price is something real, there is no world in which I'm – everybody keeps talking about Lucas Giolito. I'm not paying a legitimate price for a rental Lucas Giolito because I'm still maintaining – I hate saying this, Stan. They went 33-17 and 17 in their first 50 games. Mm-hmm. Since that time, they're a game over 500. Right. You and I talked about this last week. They're, they're kind of a middle-of-the-road team since the first 50, which doesn't mean that the first 50 don't count or that I don't think that they still have a path in which they could play better baseball, but they've been a more middling team since the first 50 games. And I think that's not an unfair reflection of what they are. I don't. I think when you look at them on paper, the innings are, are overwhelming. The guy that was supposed to be getting them innings has been not doing that of late. Um, the, the bullpen is three guys that you really – really trust and three that you you really you know you're you're sweating it yep no question about it and more times than not they're not coming through those three guys and that is the <clears throat> that is the easiest spot 
to fix, in my opinion. Sure. You know, I th- I think as much as I'd like to get a Lucas Giolito mm-hmm. or someone, a Jordan Montgomery even from the Cardinals, who mm-hmm. would probably cost less to sign, um, I don't know. I can't read Mike Elias's mind nor know his exact budget constraints in whether they could get a Jordan Montgomery, right. let's say, from the Cardinals. Would they have the the capital, the real capital, to sign him for four years or something like that? Let's say, let's say sixty million dollars for four years. I mean, that seems That's like a, a that seems like in two it's, years it's, you'll be saying, "Boy, did we get a cheap deal it, on that?" It's it's the type of money that you should be willing to exactly, yes. exactly. And I think they, I think they will for where they are at this point, but that limits who that pitcher can be. Mm-hmm. Giolito. Looks at himself as more, I believe, oh, like a twenty-two, twenty-three million dollar pitcher. Yes, and he just hasn't done that. Now, if you could get a window to talk to him and see if you can cut a deal where maybe the first two years are sixteen, seventeen a year, and then it's back ended with with an opt out or something of that nature, that still might be worthwhile because he does have. He's not quite a number one, I don't think, in his best days. But I think he's certainly like a yes. He's he's, a, he's of Chris Tillman, maybe even okay. a little bit better yeah, than there Chris are, there Tillman. There are moments where he is he's very very yes, good, and correct. and you look at the Oriole defense is far superior to the Chicago White well, Sox no defense. Well, let's you know. so let's stay with the White Sox because the the guy that that isn't the rental is Dylan Cease, but he's the guy that because of the control, right. You'd have to pay a boatload for, and yep. the problem is he has he's, not been. He hasn't been that very Dylan good. Cease this right. year. You know, um, they also have a third guy that I I can't stand the shape he keeps himself in. He's like a, a younger version of Bartolo Colon. Is Lance Lynn? Now, Lance Lynn is having an absolutely horrible season, mm-hmm. but we have seen cases where somebody like him, a veteran pitcher, gets to a better team, playing better defense, knowing how to use that left field wall, yep. you know, uh, to pitch to. Um, you know, he's an interesting guy who three starts ago struck out 16 batters in a game. And he is under control for – or he's got, got a club he's, option. He's got a club, yeah, option. club option for right. next year. So right. you would have the option of having another right. year with But you with might Lance be Lane. able to get him for a, a Norby only. So but let me go back. It, where are you with Cease? Because Cease would take the big package in order to get. Right. Lots of control. Two years beyond this year, yeah. only a year removed from being dominant. Right, the walks are yeah a I've, huge. I issue. haven't seen him pitch. I know that he's not having a good year. Yeah. You know, you wonder how much of that is he the reason the White Sox aren't good, or is part of the reason he's not good because of because the White they're Sox. They're not making right, plays. Yeah. They're so not scoring chicken runs. And the egg. Yeah, um, but we see more and more young players who have trouble being consistent over the long haul you know it's true There's i mean no... look at lucas giolito two years ago he he appeared to be you know after the 21 season he valued himself in the 20s at that 100%. point in time and so far they did an arbitration and, a, and another arbitration with him so i i am i am struggling with the cease conversation like yeah. i really am because yeah. that feels like if you're gonna package everybody together and go out and try to get a guy 
that's the profile of the guy that you want to go get, right? Like, you can only go get the guys that are available yeah. to the point, right? Like, you'd rather get somebody who's having a dominant season this season, but those guys, for the most part, aren't available. That's where, that's where Orion Mountcastle, you have to wonder, you know, in other words, there's only so many positions you have on a baseball mm-hmm. field, you know, and it, it would really inure to the club's long-term benefit if they could find someone that was interested in taking on Mountcastle yeah, as, a, as a project, right. you know, um, because right now, 23 at-bats at, at we just He got a hit, Stan. He's got three <laughs> hits now. He's got three hits. He's got two yeah. RBIs. He's batting Whoa. 130, yeah. 259 on base, 389 OPS. Um, what is the amount of time before they have? Like, I, this is, I genuinely don't know this. Well, the thing they have with him is they can option him. Right, they can, yeah, 100%. Yeah. But that's I, a, think it's th- I think it's 30 days for an injury. Re- they can really go 30 days or on is a it, rehab is it Much less. Is it 10 days? I thought it was how long can a rehab assignment yeah. It's probably 10 or 15 be. days, I'm guessing. Uh, you were right. A thir- 20, days. 20, 20 days. days. It's 30 days for a pitcher. Okay. 30 days for a pitcher, 20 days. Well, he's pitched in Little League. Didn't sure, he, maybe Ryan. they have him go pitch tonight so that they can qualify. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Ryan. Seriously, we're taking, we're taking the risk that we can get Cease to be better. It seems. Oh, you're trying to say, hey, this is this say, is a hey, risk worth taking, right? And I'm not saying it's an even up deal. I, yeah, I'm saying you I, have to throw in I, somebody. I think the problem for the White Sox is they would say they have their Ryan Mountcastle in our our guy Gavin Sheets, right? right. And like I think well, they give us Gavin the, Sheets and then oh, flip flop it, yeah, go yeah. that way. We'll take I your. I think that might be the issue for the White Sox. Is well, that, Gavin Sheets and Ryan Mountcastle would be a great. That could be a Renicky loan. You're right. You know, maybe there's something there. Base. Maybe there's something there. No, I wrote about the Mountcastle thing this week at, at press box. It's like there. It is very awkward. It's an extraordinarily awkward thing that faces the Orioles because it's one thing to say, "Hey, you got to make a roster move right now." Well, nobody's going to be all that hurt by Ryan McKenna disappearing from the major league roster. Like nobody right. is going to. As much fun as that was, Mrs. Last McKenna. Okay, maybe be. Mrs. McKenna will be bothered by it. As much fun as that was last Saturday, and as wild as it was, there will be nobody that will be up in arms if Ryan McKenna. Pitchforks aren't coming out. Correct. Right. For like nobody's going to be excited about Ryan Mountcastle, but nobody's going to be disappointed about Ryan McKenna being gone. Right. So there will be no anger about that. But yeah. if he's here. What is he doing? And that's the more difficult part of it, which is he can't be your everyday first baseman. No. There's just no way. So he's here to hit against lefties. That's that's it? That's that's, that's the entirety of what Ryan Mountcastle is right doing? That's right now. That's sort of what he brings to the table. And, and where yeah. I got to as I wrote this column is you probably end up doing that for the rest of the season as long as you can. Yeah. And then try and to. You deal. hope that he. You hope that situations arise where he starts to produce. Correct. And then he has va- some value going into the offseason. That's what I think ends up happening yeah. throughout all of this. I don't think you're in a place where you option, where you truly option him. That feels dramatic. Although, again, it's 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 a possibility though. And if it is and a if part of this is where he's at mentally, then maybe. It's necessary, right? Like maybe you have I no choice. your or preceded your your column on Mountcastle. Well, I, I wrote the wrote piece, the, the sizzle and right, fizzle, go in two ways. with the the two players. Um, and in in that piece, I just again you you scratch your head. I think an option is really a very possible outcome to this because you know you go back to you remember Glenn Davis, not of course, Chris Davis, yes, of course. 
I was the one. Do you remember? Well, the, well you, at least they didn't give anything up do, for Glenn Do you Davis. remember the story? No, do you remember the story, though, when they did option him to the minor leagues? I don't remember that, no. They optioned him to the minor leagues, and he got in a fight at a bar. Oh, you know what? Maybe jaw. I do remember that now. Yeah. yeah. You know who was responsible for having him optioned? You're looking at him. Oh, yeah. I mentioned right. to Larry Lucchino. I said, isn't the best? I said to him, I said, isn't the best thing to do with Glenn Davis right now is option him? And he goes, option him? And I said, the guy is not going to provide you any value at the major league right. level right now. I said, if he goes back, at least he can, if he goes back and does really well, maybe he's that player again, or you you, reca- you recapture some value in him. And he goes, I wonder if we could option him. And then two days later, they optioned him to, uh, you know, uh, Ro- was that it Rochester at the time? Yeah, it would have been Rochester. But ironically, the bar fight was in Norfolk. <laughs> they were <laughs> That's, playing. They were yeah. playing. Yeah. Okay, all right. Uh, Griffin, do you? This is a genuine. I don't know if you know the answer. Do you know who the Orioles traded to the Astros to get Glenn Davis? Uh, no, it's an age thing, right? Because this uh, yeah. is one of the most famous trades. What year was this? This would have been an 89, 90, it might have been 90, 90. after the 90s okay. season. The guy okay. that you're bringing up, I don't know, Biggio? They traded, like... Pete, they traded Pete Harnish. So Pete Harnish was a heck of Pete okay. Harnish, let's start with that. Pete yeah. Harnish had a 13-year major league career as a pitcher, was an all-star. Pete Harnish was a solid player. Yeah. Next. They, they gave up um, uh, Steve Finley. Steve Finley, who was Steve. he was a seemingly failed rookie with the Orioles. He had played, I think, in 89 and 90 with the ball club, but he, he didn't appear to be doing as well as we thought he should be doing. Had an 18-year Major League career, right. wow. twice an All-Star, five-time gold But was really winner. a player, ended up becoming a really big player with San Diego, mm-hmm. with the Padres. And was well. part of the, it was a, a big part of the Diamondbacks World yeah. Series team mm-hmm. as well. And then when we give credit to the Houston Astros for who the third player was, you got to realize that they then flipped that player for Jason Grimsley. Yeah, it didn't work okay. out. Didn't work out for the them. The guy's name was Kurt Schilling. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. We had picked up Schilling in the um, Mike Boddicker deal. We ac- acquired Brady Anderson and That's Kurt right. Schilling yep. for Mike Boddicker. And uh, Brady Anderson had a really tough first couple of years with the team. And partly by, by necessity, Johnny Oates said, hey, he's going to play every day. And he committed to Brady Anderson, and Anderson had, you know, a couple really incredible seasons. No and had what do you have? A fourteen-year. Oh yeah. Fourteen-year career. Oh, yeah. uh, by the way, it was after the '90s season. It was you after the '90s, right after yeah. the 1990 yeah. season. Because I remember it wasn't the season going into Camden Yards. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah correct. But my brother did. Uh, he did the advertising for the Orioles and his agency, sure. Shahan Burton and Charles, and they. <laughs> They came up, my brother, I remember him telling me this is after Glenn Davis, and the Orioles acquire Glenn Davis, and he immediately gets, something happens to him in the offseason. He had what's known as a, spi- a strained or something, spinal accessory nerve. It's in your neck, and his shoulder atrophied. Okay. But my brother, they were filming a commercial, and they were underhand, my brother's right-hand person and f- director of photography or something, Kenny Clumpus, they were throwing underhand to the hitters 
and they wanted to shoot like them really hitting the ball really hard. Oh, and he says, man. he goes, I'm telling you, Kenny Columbus is like underhanding the ball. And a guy couldn't couldn't hit the not ball. great, not great, <laughs> not ideal. Yeah, maybe maybe knew something might be now, wrong. Now I with found that out this is an ironic story. I didn't find it out like as an investigative reporter. I saw a doctor years later who was a neighbor of Glenn Davis, and he gave me the inside scoop on how he got hurt. He had had a big trampoline in his backyard. Oh my! And you go back when I was a kid trampoline centers were really a big thing they started it started out in la your kids go and they jump up and you know for 30 minutes oh they're back they're back and trampoline centers are back yeah but but that's why they closed because everybody was getting hurt on them Mm. you know so chris davis uh, yeah yeah ironically ironically A um, couple of quick ones. Uh, Stan the Fan is here. Uh, we're going to do this hour, by the way. We're going to get into some Orioles first half superlatives. We'll do uh, – you all right? Yeah, you forgot that yeah. – yeah, all right. Very good. Um, we will do, of course, uh, like we did last year where uh, we took uh, Stan to the, uh, the cleaners because he had to take us out to lunch. The week of the All-Star game, we'll do our uh, second half preview, but we will okay. do first – tomorrow is the midway point of the season. Tomorrow is the 81st game. So we'll do some uh, first-half superlatives I later this hour. I hate the hour. fact that the All-Star game isn't until there's like 92 yeah, games. It's always played. been weird, right? Yeah. It's always been very odd the way that that has worked out. Um, I bring that up, though. I, just a couple of things from this week to cover. They bring up Westberg. They're, you can sort of see they're going to be doing the bit where he's going to be playing a couple of different positions instead of committing him to, hey, you're the second baseman, you're the third, whatever that is. Does that bother you? Are you accepting of that's just the way that the Orioles are going to do things moving forward? doesn't bother me as so long as it doesn't impact Gunnar Henderson. And it looks like Gunnar is – he's not all the way where we want him to be, but he's – probably been for three and a half four weeks mm-hmm. he's been a good no bit question. closer to that player yep and they've started to move him around a little bit and he seems to be fine with it right now I was worried earlier that moving him around was going to jerk him around they're not ready just like they got this issue with Mountcastle they're not ready to they, commit they, to either Mateo not ready or Frazier to commit to... Mateo yeah. yeah and Frazier you know it's Frazier the the Luke Luke Jackson, our uh, steam managing editor, says, I've seen enough Frazier, you know, uh, more than enough Frazier. I think he was playing too much for what his abilities are right now. Well, Adam the, the defense is, it, it is an abomination. Like, there's no, that's the disappointing yeah. part to me. Like, the, it's. I don't call it a, an abomination. I know what plays you're talking about. Those uh, balls have been, really been very hard hit. Uh, I believe Baseball Savant has them in the first percentile defensively yeah. at second base okay. like i mean it's and it's like, been even wednesday night like i felt like oh well, yeah that one and the reds are obviously a fast team anyway but like there were balls that it just felt like he could have gotten to and i have that's been the disappointing part to me like the disappointing part to me i i think he's been offensively kind of about what i expected him to yeah. be and when at the beginning of the year we were talking about him as sort of rugged odor plus i was seeing why we felt that way mm-hmm. he was a more consistent Rugnet Odor, but the defense, ooh, ooh. Uh, yes, outs above average, he is in the first percentile. Really? Uh, <laughs> arm strength, sixth percentile. Mm-hmm. Like, it has just been 
really, really rough defensively for Adam. Do Frazier we have set plays that we remember where his arm strength being six percentile really impacted? I mean, I mean that's like, fair. Um, you know, like the arm strength. Yeah, not, typically not you're sec- second. Typically base. at second base, yeah, you can right. hide. That's why in, he's right, a second correct. baseman. Correct. You can typically stuff. hide that. Or third but, baseman. But I. You know the one, the, the balls that are just the ones that Look, he's. Let's be totally honest. He's not going to be here next year. Well, there's no doubt he's not going right, to be here next right. year, right? And and he's to me, he's been. I'd say he's been overall a plus player. It, the last couple of weeks, I, again, I remember how, uh, and it's always like we talk about it in the NFL circles, mm-hmm. uh, where the most popular player in town is the backup quarterback. You know, until he starts playing. But the Orioles had a player named Jim Dwyer who was a terrific player. Mm-hmm. And everybody, and he was really do, coming off the bench as a pinch hitter or a platoon player, and he was a left-handed hitter, and he was doing phenomenally. And everybody said, that's who should be playing every day. And they started playing him every day. And you found out he's not really an everyday player. not an everyday right. player. I and I think that's, that's the truth with Frazier, you know. If Frazier had, yeah, I'm not. I don't think Frazier had about 300 at bats, and yeah. they were mostly against the right-handers that are really tough on your right-handed hitters. You know, the really good right-handers. He'd probably be fine, but he's not a guy you want to pay eight million dollars. Yeah, I, I think if the argument is that he should just not be on the team, I would probably tend to agree that I don't think that's. I don't think you should be that dramatic about right. Adam Frazier again, even though. And I'm, I'm right. He could be a useful sort of. I, guy, the fact he plays the outfield a little bit, but I've never really seen him in the outfield. Yeah, I've never really seen him in the and outfield. If you guys either, are but, saying he's a well, and by the way, I I thought like again these numbers would suggest he's having a miserable offensive season too. Right. Like that's the funny. I thought he was having a pretty redeemable offensive right. season, but ninety first percentage in whiff or ninety first percentile in whiff percentage, ninety yeah. six percentile in K percentage. Like it, it is not. Yeah, there is very little here that would suggest that seems he seems to be. me like he's had a few, you know, a few big hits. Yeah. And, and that yeah, was yeah, the Rugnet Odor yeah. comparison, yeah. right? Like he was the guy that was coming through in big moments, and he was a bit more consistent right. offensively than Rugnet Odor. Rugnet Odor was what's having. His, what's Frazier's OPB now? Uh, On base I don't know. OBP. I I'll let, I'll let Griffin. Is it over three hundred? Uh, no, I've got it's three o four. Three o four. Yeah. Okay. I mean, Odor's was like two sixty-seven or two. Correct. You know. Now, what somebody would say is that's a really low bar. <laughs> like, <That's> it, <laughs> it's an extraordinarily low bar. Yeah. If we're setting it at yeah. you're slightly better than Rugnet Odor, well, you damn well better yeah. be slightly better than Rugnet Odor. Yeah. Um, and it's funny because I started seeing Rufy's two- really helping the Padres. Oh, they're killing yeah. it, right? Yeah. I started seeing two to three weeks ago, people start clamoring for Frazier to be the guy to go. And I'm like, what the hell are you guys talking? And then I started looking at the numbers. I'm like, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. And I think because I am thinking on some of the bigger hits that he's had and some of those moments, it's sort of it's clouded in, the it's interesting, though. You know, overall. They, they do like McKenna. I mean, they, they, they uh, Brandon really likes him. Uh, they really do like McKenna, don't they? Yeah. They really. And I, I mean, I was scratching my head that, that night that they, you know, and then he hits I, the game winning home run. In fact, Stan, yeah. we had an entire conversation about. I don't know why in a run, run, one run game you're going to McKenna. I don't. Uh, right. Like, I would agree. I don't think that the defense is going to make the difference in a one run game because it's not likely. Now I know that almost happened the other night, yeah. but it's not likely that you're going to put an inning together against Batista. The more likely scenario is exactly what played out. If they're going to score a run, it's, it's going to be, be fluke. Yeah. someone just happened to guess right and turn on one, and right. that's what happened in New York. 
York, and it's what happened against Seattle, right. and that's the more likely way you're going to get the Batista. Again, the goofy thing the other night where Ellie De La Cruz is the fastest guy on the planet, right. and so he's able to beat out a routine ground ball to third, and then just yeah. the weird nature of the bunt. Now, all of a sudden... And Palmer had uh, referenced it. You know, yeah, this is not the guy you want to bun against or something like that. Well, Palmer said, yeah. and, and And for what it's worth, they got exactly the result they wanted, which is a pop-up that should have been a double play. Yeah. Um, and if that had been the case, then you probably get out of the inning quickly and you have Batista for the 10th and you don't have to put Keegan Aiken in the game. And, you know, I don't think the Keegan Aiken's long for this roster at this point. I think that we've seen quite enough there. Um, seen more than enough know. Aiken. I don't and it's funny, like one or two performances before that, he looked absolutely Well, he had great. a stretch of four straight appearances yeah. where he had pitched well at the beginning of June and he was starting to show some value, and then the last two weeks have just been yeah. really a reminder that it, mm, he, yeah. ain't, he ain't that guy. I'm just trying to pull up McKenna's defensive metrics to see like where, if, if I guess he hasn't, he hasn't done enough to qualify for okay. some of these. So that's sort of the reality. Although they, he does have a 73rd percentile arm strength. It's weird that he qualifies for arm strength and doesn't qualify for outs above average for what it's worth. That's just odd. Oh, no. Hang on. He does. And he's only in the 32nd percentile. Now, for, it's, for outs above average? Yeah. It's a small sample size, yeah. so I probably won't make too much about that. And it might be that the ball that he dropped in Boston because he's played right, so little. Right. The real the real comparison would be Santander versus him. So Santander, oh, and, and yeah. that's the other thing too when we talk about them going to in a one run game. Right. If Santander was a butcher in the outfield, yeah. maybe I would understand if this. If he was Nelson Cruz, like Right. Yeah. <laughs> but he's not. Like Anthony Santander is a solid to good defensive outfielder and that's I why i'm very comfortable with him out there i have never understood mm -hmm. the desire and then mm -hmm. some people were saying the other night because santander didn't get to the triple mm -hmm. uh in the 10th inning i don't really think mckenna is making that play either and there's no world in which a tie game i'm putting McKenna well, in what happened santander. on that play is uh benia i always reference well, tomorrow santander. is bobby benia day by is the it way. really oh. tomorrow it when's chris davis day start? i don't know when chris davis yeah, day we'll is. start that yeah. anyway um it's probably the same time you would think probably, yeah you know, probably the same day anyway he got Santander got too close to the wall mm -hmm. he, he didn't judge what soon enough that he, that he wasn't gonna be able to make the play right uh, by the way, Santander, for what it's worth, is only in the 20th percentile of outs above average. So right. they, they, they think yeah. very little of him. The, me the metrics yeah. don't register yeah. well defensively. Yeah. So, again, that's where maybe the Orioles are. And the other thing that now they have a guy named Aaron Hickson, you know, who Correct. could possibly come Covers in the for ground, Santander. Yep, and is yeah. a better option. And you might be seeing less of him, Santander, in right field, too, because he might get that, more into a platoon with uh, – O'Hearn at first. Particularly if Kowser comes up yeah. sometime in the next yeah. couple of weeks. Yeah. Uh, Adley Rutschman, not a starter in the All-Star game. Jonah Heim gets the nod. Yeah. You know, not a big surprise. I, I don't. I don't know what else. Adley Rutschman hasn't I, been quite as good as Jonah Heim. I, I would been. still think that that you have to look, even though we're allowed to vote online. Mm -hmm. Okay, I would love to know the breakdown of the votes because Texas is probably drawn. Thirty-five thousand. Well, a but game. isn't the second round of voting only online? Because the first, think, the ballots. So, yeah. What you're talking about was for the first. That first. That's they right. Do that they way. don't hand the ballots out anymore at the ballpark. Oh, they, they don't do that at all. No, I don't, no. I, at least I haven't seen it. Yet. Oh, that's yeah. a good point. I yeah, guess I haven't seen good, it either. I haven't seen yeah. it either. Yeah, but I just think that the fan base in Texas. Well, they got you know. four of their guys. Yeah. 
elected yeah. starters to the All Star game. Yeah. They clearly were motivated. Yep. You know, they got Jung, they got Simeon, and yeah. Well, I mean, it, it also came down to a Ranger or a Blue Jay for like seven positions. So I went with the Ranger every time I voted. Oh, so you that's feel good about yourself. Yeah, you're they the one. The Griffin was, was stacking. I voted for McKenna and Frazier. <laughs> we <laughs> those are the guys. We will find Ryan out. Mountcastle too. <laughs> uh, Sunday at five thirty <laughs> is when they announce the reserves for the All Star game. I would assume that Adley Rutschman will get in. Batista will get in. And the question will be if Hayes, 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 and Hayes. With judge out, you wonder if Hayes doesn't have a shot. I think know? Hayes has a shot. Yeah. I mean, I mean, know. he could be, end up being a starter because Judge isn't going to play. Just a couple people have brought that up. It's yeah. possible. It's, it's possible. It's possible. I don't disagree with that. But we'll find that out on Sunday, uh, which Orioles will be a reserve. I think we can be confident that two will be. And then they should just start Felix Bautista. Why? Because it'd be awesome. Just okay. to, they just come out as he, he the that first inning. Be, that would be pretty. Okay. Throw one very, that would be very I mean, it, it would be different. I mean, I don't know that. There's really no reason. There's, there's, there's no hasn't reason been a great not start. to. Except, hasn't been a great start. Plus, he'd have more time. Who are they starting? Yeah. Uh, McClanahan, probably. Yeah, yeah McClanahan. I, guess I mean, McClanahan. like that's who would probably start the All Star game. Although he started last year, so maybe he says, "I." Who's I the other? There's one other guy in the American League that's really having a good. Uh, Garrett Cole could start. Yeah, he yeah. could start. Yeah, you know, like that's totally possible. Yeah. Um, I, I, like I, I understand what you're saying, but I would say that it's still for Fox. They would like to announce. They would like to have baseball announce a big name starter for the All Star game. Right. To try to, you got to be tuned in right at you know whatever eight o'clock when the game eight. I guess they could go Otani thirty-seven. Too. So Otani was voted in as the DH. Yeah. Right. So how? I, don't I mean, know. hell, just pitch yeah. him for God's yeah, sake. What are we doing? Just <laughs> an inning. Just pitch him for an inning. Jesus. Ivaldi's uh, had a really good year. It could be Ivaldi too. Like there are there are other guys that McClanahan's probably the it's probably McClanahan. Yeah. Yep. All right. When we come back in, let's go over our first half superlatives for the Orioles. Stan the Van Charles is here. Today's show brought to you by PressBoxOnline.com/offers. PressBox is offering new sports bettors the best sign-up bonuses and promos from the seven legal online sports books. Go to PressBoxOnline.com slash offers right now and get offers like $150 in bonus bets from DraftKings after you place your first $10 bet or up to $1,250 in bonus bets from Caesars. Time is limited to get the best offers from all of the sports books. Go to PressBoxOnline.com slash offers and sign up today. Another exciting weekend of affordable family fun at Prince George's Stadium with the Bowie Bay Sox. It's our Independence Weekend celebration starting on Friday the 30th with our Pride Night. A special ticket package gets you a Bay Sox rainbow hat. And then July 1st through 3rd, major fireworks shows each and every night with a special jersey auction on sale. Get your tickets now by calling 301-805-6000 or anytime online at BaySox.com. The Bowie Bay Sox, let us be your nine-inning vacation. The All-America Senior Game, powered by New Balance, will be back at Johns Hopkins Homewood Field on July 29th. The most decorated girls and boys lacrosse players in the country have been invited to play in what is the premier lacrosse event of the year. Every college coach wants their players in this game, and if you dream of being in this game, you start by trying out for one of your regional underclass teams this summer. The best against the best. Get your tickets now at allamericalacrosse.com. 
Are you a diehard O's fan looking for the perfect way to show your team spirit? Look no further than Birdland Sports. Birdland Sports is a small business run by fans for fans. They offer a wide variety of unofficial O's merchandise from the Birds Are Coming tees to player cartoon shirts and more. And the best part? Their prices are more affordable than the big guys. So head to birdlandsports.com and grab your gear today. Show your support for the Birds with Birdland Sports. The latest edition of PressBox is available now. On the cover, Dave Ginsburg remembers Goose as he looks back on the impact the late Tony Saragusa had both on and off the field here in Baltimore. Plus, he explains how Goose's kids are working to continue that legacy with the Goose Flights program. Also inside, Todd Karpovich profiles the path Tyler Wells has taken to becoming a star in the Orioles rotation. And you'll find a special summer travel guide with information about events and activities throughout the state. PressBox is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the O's, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich, hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Hey, O's fans, cheer on the Orioles against the Minnesota Twins at 7.05 on Friday, June 30th at Camden Yards. Be one of the first 20,000 fans, 21 and over, to receive an Orioles floppy hat presented by Miller Lite and enjoy a fun-filled floppy Friday at the yard. Don't miss out on one of your favorite giveaways and stay post-game for the Birdland Summer Music Series presented by Miller Lite with DJ Diesel, a.k.a. Shaquille O'Neal. Purchase your tickets today at Orioles.com tickets. It's a Maryland thing you wouldn't understand. Where the waves meet the shore, you will find Dorchester County. Hi, this is Jimmy Charles. When I think of Maryland, I think Dorchester County on the eastern shore where it's open for making memories. Dorchester County, it's a Maryland thing. For more info, visit www.visitdorchester.org. It's a Maryland If you miss anything on the show, don't forget that you can watch full episodes at youtube.com slash pressboxonline, and you can download podcasts on Apple, iTunes, Amazon, and Grindr. Wait, did I say Grindr? I don't think that you would find it on Grindr. Not that I know it's on Grindr or anything, I swear! Second thought, you know what? I don't care what you think. Here's Glenn. Stan, by the way, I appreciate you uh, showing your support. Big weekend, obviously, here in the state of Maryland. And uh, with T-shirt today, I guess you're showing that you're excited with legal weed, right? And, like, it's a big, oh, yeah. it's a big moment. Oh, it's one of the big things. Big for moment yeah. here in the state of Maryland as that becomes official. Tomorrow uh, is the day. So don't walk around today. They're going to get you. But tomorrow morning, feel free. Go ahead and light up. Um, Stan, you and you had a, you had a special co-host and a special guest last night. Yeah, uh, Gary Stein is back in town, but he was just getting back from his daughter's yes, wedding out in San Diego. Yeah, out in San Diego, and uh, we were going to have Jay Cornegay on the one of the odds makers for Superbook.com, and um, without Gary there. I suggested that to the VP of marketing for Superbook that I invite Bill Ordine 
who writes for Gambling.com, used to be our gaming writer before legalized sports mm-hmm. betting. We had a gaming writer. Um, and Bill was able to do it. So Bill and Jay have known each other for a long time. So Bill Ardeen was on with us, asked some really good questions. Uh, it was very interesting uh, about what separates Superbook from the other more familiar names that we know, like FanDuel sure. and DraftKings, yep. not knocking anybody. But I don't know that those people have like a podcast with their odds makers on. Uh, Jay Cornegay and John Murray both answer questions. If you tweet them a question, they'll answer. That's that's an interesting, you know, advantage they have over the other books that you get some touch and some feel with the people that are making the odds. And we're going to be hooking you up with some uh, opportunities with the Superbook here in the coming weeks that we'll be telling you more about. So make sure you stay tuned for that because we will, I think, ne- I think next week be able to give you some of those details about how we can hook you guys up with uh, some special offers from Superbook. So we're looking forward just to that. Think, just think Tippy Martinez. Yeah, exactly right. Exactly Chris what Wills. you should be thinking about. Michael Jordan, even. Uh, <laughs> that's what you should be thinking about. Yep. Facebook.com slash PressBox Sports. Click on the videos tab in order to find that show or YouTube.com slash PressBox Online. PressBoxOnline.com slash video. Are you guys doing the Monday show this week? We're not doing a the- Monday show. And, and Luke and Ross probably don't even know that yet, but Jen and I made that decision. Yeah. I'll let them know. And today. for the record, there's also not going to be a GCR on Monday. Oh, it's, my God. I know. Ridiculous. Who would... I think everybody on the planet is dealing with the same thing. Who wants to go to work on Monday when you know you have off on Tuesday? It's the worst. So it's not going to be GCR Monday or Tuesday, No, correct? we'll be okay. off on Monday and Tuesday, and then we'll be back on Wednesday, and everything will be good from there. And so when are you going on vacation? End of the month. You and I can talk about that after the show today. That's a, we need Why to can't we that. talk about it now? Uh, I got other things I want to do. I got other... Uh, kidding. I'm uh, speaking kidding. of which, in about 20 minutes, uh, Bobby Nightingale, who is not is Bob Nightingale's son, Bobby Nightingale... Uh, who covers the Twins for the uh, Minnesota Star Tribune, will be joining us. Oh, we good. will talk about uh, the Twins. We had reached out to him earlier in the week because I thought he was still in Cincinnati. <laughs> and when the Orioles were playing the Reds, I was like, well, the Reds are the hottest team was in baseball. Was he covering the Reds or was he, was. he just he was covering for MLB.com, right? For, yes. Or was it the Inquirer? No, I don't no, remember. No, it might have been the Inquirer. might have been the Inquirer. Okay. Um, so I had Griffin call him. I'm like, let's see if we can get Bobby Nightingale on. And he That's said, great. yeah, the thing is I don't do that anymore. So... Wouldn't you know, the next team the Orioles are playing. Now, Bobby is – how old is Bobby? Because when you hear the name Bob Nightingale right. and then you hear Bobby, you say he must be like 14. Well, I <laughs> think he's in his 20s. I'm I think sure he's, he's young. Yeah, 20, I think yeah. he's young. Yeah. I think he's in his 20s. Uh, before we do that, Stan, uh, as I mentioned earlier, tomorrow will be the midway point of the season. Will be game number eighty-one for the Baltimore. So you can walk down the street and smoke weed and know. And that exactly it's, right. I think that's why it was is yeah, set up that way. They wanted to make and sure it's you got Bobby Benilla Day. <laughs> Big day Chris tomorrow. Boy, tomorrow's a, what a it's a milestone. Man, what a day tomorrow is. Huge day on July first. And today, I guess, is all those events observed because you don't celebrate on a holiday. Right, like or a weekday, a weekend. Just uh, let me interrupt for one second, real quick. Sunday's Oriole game. It's a great idea. Is twelve oh five. Then you can go to Bowie, six thirty five on Sunday night. And they're doing all their and there's going to be fireworks that Mm -hmm. night too. So uh, I I'm going to try and go because I want to see Kobe. I got to think about whether or not we have plans on Sunday night. Yeah, that would be great for the kids. I think. I, I had all these I, big visions for things I could do. with the, I got four days. I'm like, I got all these ideas. Then I found out I have a friend who's got a 40th birthday party on Saturday. Right. I got 
Like, well, I guess it's just nothing. Man. That ruins it. That takes up I gotta, I gotta do the but morning the show on 105.7 on Tuesday. The fireworks would be great to see on Sunday They night. would be. They would be very good. It would probably be like 9 o'clock. All right. Well, maybe we'll go down for that. Yeah. Maybe that's the case. All right. Uh, let's do some superlatives from the first half. I asked Griffin to uh, put together some um, topics, and we'll just dive in. Orioles first half superlatives, and we'll share them later today at glennclarkradio.com. Griffin, where are we starting? Let's start at the very top. Number one, MVP. Who is the first half most valuable player for the Orioles? So start with I think this one? Me? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think this became one. obvious. As, I think at one point it was Cedric Mullins, but unfortunately when Cedric Mullins got hurt, it kind of takes him out of the running for this. He could end up being the team MVP for the year, but I think Felix Batista has been the MVP of the first half of the season. Interesting. Interesting. You're looking for my yes. opinion? Um I would have thought the first month of the season it was going to be Rutschman or Mateo. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I would agree that Cedric Mullins moved into that position. Um, I can't disagree with you, but I th- I think Austin Hayes is right I, there in the argument, a hundred percent. I mean, I, and maybe the maybe the problem stand. Maybe we're being unfair to Austin Hayes because. What we're thinking about is what happened last year, and we don't want to buy in too much to yeah. what we've saw, seen. I'll tell you what. I'm going to say Austin Hayes. All right, just to uh, mix just it up. Just because he plays every day. I get it. And Felix. But Felix is uh, – how about – can I say a tie? Mm, no. No. Right. no. I'll go no, Austin no, Hayes. No, not going to allow I'll ties. go Austin Hayes. Hayes. Who are you going to tie with? You're going to have him tied with? Batista. 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 Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, not Ryan McKenna. Not Ryan. Close, though. Or Adam Frazier. Right, right there in the conversation. Yeah. All right, well, we'll zigzag here. So, Stan – yeah. What would be your best moment of the first half? Best moment wow. of the Orioles' first half. Wow. Best moment of the first half of the season. You know, I, I, that's a really good question. I think, I, I think I've got an answer. Uh, all right, go ahead. I think it was the night Cedric Mullins hit for the cycle. Mm-hmm. I think that was the best moment. I think that scene, just all of it, and I, I thought it was a special night, given the year that he had been putting together, mm-hmm. and I, it, to me, it was the moment that it struck me: you need to, you need to sign this guy. You mm-hmm. need to. He's not Adam Jones, right? But his value to the team is is of that level. There's he should be here for a little while. Yeah, that was a that mm-hmm. was a special night to me, and it was a Friday night, so there was a big crowd on hand, and I, you know I. It's, I don't want to say that Austin Hayes' cycle last year didn't feel that, but it, you know we didn't yeah. know yet what the Orioles were going to be at that point, and you know Austin Hayes isn't maybe quite as beloved, wasn't quite as beloved then as Cedric Mullins has become. I, I just thought it was a special night, Cedric Mullins hitting for the cycle. I, the one that comes back to me is the game in Texas where uh, Bradish got hit, you know, the, oh, the yeah. shin, yeah, and Tyler Wells came in and yeah. pitched like five and two thirds or six and yeah. a third shutout innings. I guess that's right it was up an there early with me. it yeah. was an early statement yeah. it yeah. was I I got I like that one that yeah. one's pretty it, good I might be biased because you know we just talked to him on the show but the Ryan O'Hearn three run homer in Toronto I mean it was I awesome. mean that there's, one there's no and doubt then, yeah Adley's Adley's walk off I forget who were we play the the day game where Adley yeah, hit the walk hit off the, the dead center. It was an extra inning game yeah. right yeah. Yeah. yeah remember the game that guy had I can't, I can't remember. remember his name he had like nine RBIs. I can't remember his name though. Mm. Had a couple homers too. Mm. Who yeah. was that guy? I don't, I don't Who know. Who was that guy? Oh, so he that's like not disappeared. It. Yeah, right. He like really did. Really did. Just like disappear. Yeah. Uh, and that's the awkward part, right? He would have been, by the way, in the conversation for MVP at one point in the season. Right. Too. <laughs> right. That's he the had uncomfortable. unbelievable numbers. No doubt. You know. 
Um, all right, next up, we will go with the... I mean, Griffin, if you'd like to put yours on the list, too, I have no problem yeah, with Well, that. I'm feeling Felix MVP, too. Okay. I, all right, like, well, I mean, you, most you consistent. Then give your answer. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah, all right, it's fine. All right. Ryan O'Hearn, the three-run homer in Toronto. That's I, like, I, I thought it was a hell of a... Of, of the games that you assumed were losses, yeah. I don't know that there was one that, that compares. That game to, was done. It was over. And it wasn't the end of the world because it was the second game of a three-game series. Right. He still had the chance to win the series the next day. No big deal. All good. On the road against a good Toronto team. Life will go on. And then everything. Who started that game? That's a great question. Mm, the starting was, uh, pitcher. I will try to pull it up. I, I was was that one of that Gibson's may- first bad starts? Maybe. No. Nah. Was that was that the Grayson Manoa game? I feel like it was. Yeah, it was Grayson Manoa, Rodriguez. I think started. That, that game. sounds right. Hang on, I'm pulling it up. Right, I've got, I've got, I've got it. The six-five Orioles win. Game was started by Grayson Rodriguez. Yes, it was Grayson. There Rodriguez. you go. Yeah, there Grayson Rodriguez. That was when I was. Boy, and you talk about how disappointed we are in Grayson Rodriguez. Look at what's going on with, with Alec Manoa. It's. That is, a nightmare. A that is a nightmare. That is nightmare. How about an even up trade, Ryan Mountcastle so for, for, Manoa? for Manoa? You sure you want to? You yeah, sure I mean, you? <laughs> he can let up eleven runs in our, uh, our golf case. I guess. <laughs> well, I didn't, it's not like I want to bring him to the major. I hear you. <laughs> I think he could help the rookie league. Okay, team. well that's good as they pursue. All right, most questionable decision of the first half. We'll go to Glenn. Uh, most. how they've handled DL Hall. Okay, that's. I mean. That's, what is that? Yeah. Like, I mean, my God. I, to the point where we can't even talk about D.L. Hall in converse. When, when Stan was talking about the bullpen, I can't even bring up D.L. Hall's name anymore because I don't know if he's alive. Like, I have. They've, they've, that has been one of the most mishandled things I've ever witnessed. I, I'm guessing that he privately last year, when they brought him up, he just said to them, "I'm not a reliever. I'm not a relief yeah. pitcher. I don't want to be a relief pitcher." And they said, "Okay, okay, yeah." Because it makes no sense whatsoever to to watch Keegan Aiken come into ball like a game like the other night, even with his wildness. Mm-hmm. You know that they're not going to really hit the ball off. Well, of the idea is that you like somebody who can get some strikeouts. Yeah, that's the that's in. The extra inning rule is built gives for DL additional Hall. value. Right. He should, to, even if he just pitched in the tenth inning, correct guys yeah. that are capable of getting strikeouts. That is the value now. Is you need somebody to put in there that you think can get a strikeout or two. Which is, by the way, the thing that Bauman did. Like I don't think we're talking enough about it because the McKenna home run dwarfs it. Right. What Bauman did. And sort of reminding, because he had been a little shaky. He's been somewhat like, shaky. Yeah. But then that, and obviously his outing this week, like he has mm. reminded everybody that in the tenth inning last Saturday was about as big balls as it gets from Bauman to come yeah. in that situation. I like long term. I like Bauman. I, I, I short do. term, uh, he's not in my full circle of trust. Uh, Brian Baker is out of my circle. Oh, he's of got trust. To be out of your yeah. circle of trust. Yeah, I, I don't know. Aiken, I would say I, right now I'm teetering between who I trust more between Bauman and Cano. Right, like it's there's two guys you really trust. Yeah, Batista and Coulomb, and then it's Bauman and Cano. And yeah, at, they're the next two. I mean, know, Cano is still pitching well, but he never comes in and not gives up a leadoff mm, hit. Not now. at all. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, you got one that besides. DL Hall, or you I, just I, I'm going to agree with you okay. on DL Hall. I think, I mean, that's the, when you say the worst moment, I would or guess wor- that yeah, worst, most, questionable, most questionable decision, most questionable decision. 
in retrospect, I think you could say that bringing Grayson up when they brought him up was probably okay. a mistake. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I think and it gonna... bordered on it bordered on how they how they treated Kevin Gosman, and this is an t- entirely different regime. Mm-hmm. But and I reread that piece. I didn't realize I saw this Caleb Joseph. Uh, we got it right. all wrong on right. Gosman. And I said to Jen, where can I get that piece? She said it was last year. Yeah. And I read it, though, the other day. Luke sent it to me. And I said, boy, that's what I always said about him. And part of it was not making a guy at the minor leagues really earn that promotion to the major leagues. Right. It was almost going, boy, we can't trust Cole Irvin, so he's back. So we, we really need Grayson Rodriguez. You can't develop a pitcher – and bring him up because you need him. He's got to be ready to seamlessly come up to the major league. So are you putting that? Your that's your answer. Yeah, I'd say okay. I'd say that calling that up was, Grayson too early. Yeah, okay. I called up Grayson too early. Uh, I think I'm going to say waiting till June 27th to call up Jordan Westbrook. That's okay. I, I'm, that's a great. Okay. Well, we think we should. It definitely seemed like it was about three weeks overdue. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. Now, biggest surprise, uh, Stan. Start with you. Biggest surprise. Biggest surprise um, of the first half. I got to be honest with you, it, it, and uh, it's not all his fault. I think the number is that stolen base success rate that they're having against Adley Rutschman. Mm-hmm. He's mm-hmm. nine for forty-nine, yes. I think. But it might but, be nine of fifty-one. But man. while I don't even, while I never bought into his arm strength as being, you know, I still love him as a catcher, mm-hmm. love him as an offensive player, even though he's not fantastic this year. I still love the player. The bigger blame goes to the fact that Cano and Bautista almost well, like think. don't even pay any attention to base. Yeah, the the guys on the bases. Yeah, uh, nine of fifty-one now. Nine of fifty mm. for the season. Um, it's a good one. It, yeah. It's a good yeah. one. It's alarming. And I, we talked about it the other day. I wonder how much of the pitchers it's now getting in his head. Like, well, I think that's part of. I think that's part of how bad it looks. Yes, because. He actually should take the ball nine out of ten of those throws and just save save his arm strength mm-hmm. because he has absolutely no zero yeah. chance. Yeah. And he knows and, it. And the only thing is the risk of the ball getting thrown away. And and he knows it. And he's jumping up too fast and releasing mm-hmm. too quickly. He knows it. I would I'll say. I'll tell you one other see, thing that I'm shocked by. This is in all of baseball. The other night we saw Cedric Mullins come up, get a hit. And it was at a key moment in the game, and we said, yeah, we need him to steal base. And the Cincinnati pitcher threw over twice. And what did I predict before the season started? That, I predicted there would be a lot of right. catchers that and start, teams yep. would do pitching out. Mm-hmm. And they pitched out and, and they, they threw them out. Yep. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. I almost think in key moments in games that Bautista or Cano could almost do that, is like throw over twice – to just lull the guy, yeah. to lull the guy, and then fire a 102 mile right, an hour right. fastball, which Rutschman catches and up just, and is ready. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go pleasant with my surprise. Yeah. Um, I, I, and I'm torn. how right I've been on so many. Things. I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna kind of <laughs> cheat and make it a combination of two things. It, I'm gonna make it Hicks and O'Hearn. Yeah. Like I, yeah. That's a good and Cano would have been the answer, right? Like, it would have been overwhelming that it was Cano at one point in the season. But yeah. the Hicks and O'Hearn thing, that they have been able to stay afloat. That's a great – that's a good I, one. It's insane 
that they've been able to make those two guys be quality baseball players. And I don't know that they'll still like we might get to the end of the year and we might say that both of them turned into pumpkins. I don't know, but I don't know, man. It's about, it's it's wild. Uh, you know, about three three weeks or three and a half weeks ago, I was guest on uh, the morning show over on WBAL mm-hmm. with C four and Brian Neiman, and they asked me what's what's Hicks going to do, and I said Hicks is here for one of two things are going to happen. I said either in twelve days when Colton Cowser's healthy, if Hicks bombs out, yep. they'll just quickly release him, yep. or I said he's going to come here without the negativity of the fans and the media in New York, and he's going to have a breath of fresh air. And thank God that that's what happened. No question. Uh, I'm going to go Dean Kramer after his horrid April. Okay. Um, Very good. I mean, he's turned into, I think, obviously wins don't, you know, say a whole lot, but, I mean, he has the most wins. He's almost been our stopper, And, again, going into Atlanta, he was pitching for his life. At that point, yeah. so I I got that's and, a good one, and he kind of he feels like he's kind of been the same. Who, who's pitching tonight? Dean Kramer, yep. and uh, we're on a two game and spiral, you feel some, and you feel yeah. some amount of confidence in it. Yeah. I, I'm with you. Uh, biggest disappointments of the first half of the season. Biggest disappointment. Yes. Oh boy, I mean, I, we kind of covered all of these yeah. things, haven't we? Uh, I would say even uh, can I go first on that? Yeah. I'll even say even. Given that I, he was my answer on the biggest mistake, mm-hmm. I think that Grayson Rodriguez wasn't better. You know, wasn't capable of being okay. being even a serviceable major league pitcher. Okay, I'll I'll go. You know, I I don't want to pile on, but I think I'd have to go Frazier here. That mm-hmm. he's the guy that you spent eight million dollars on, and I I didn't realize two weeks ago how bad it was because I wasn't looking at the peripherals, right? Like, I was just thinking of the big hits. And I get it. He's still, he still got another big hit this week, obviously. But the peripherals would tell you he's having an, a dreadful season, like a truly dreadful season. And you spent $8 bucks on the guy at a time where – and I get it. Somebody would say, well, $8 bucks, that's nothing. Well, for the Orioles, unfortunately, that's something. So I'll go Frazier. Uh, mine may be too easy. I'm going to go Cole Irvin. I mean, he mm. has brought absolutely no, you nothing. Know what? That's I a mean, better <laughs> answer. Jesus, that's the best answer there was. Uh, God, I still is... am a believer in Cole. <laughs> I mean, I hope so too. Maybe he can be the second half, uh, you know, MVP. I, I hope. I hope. But he's right. It has been a big ball of nothing. There. Uh, last one here. Uh, unsung hero of the first half for the Baltimore Orioles. Unsung hero yes. of the first half. The under the radar guy. Is this Stan first? Uh, Stan went first. We, we've unsung been. hero. Unsung hero. I guess Danny Colome. Mm. That's a good you one. Know, uh, that, you know, that's, just, uh, I think that's where I'm going to go to. I mean, yeah. he's been copycat. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, <right>. Come <laughs> up with your own say, answer. I was about to say, I sure. can go first here. And then Stan was like, I'm going to go Danny Coulomb. But yeah, I mean, Danny Coulomb. No one outside of. I don't. No one outside of Baltimore probably knows who Danny Coulomb is, and I'm gonna. Been, I'm gonna go Bradish. Yeah. Like as far as unsung hero is concerned, like guy that has has just kind of delivered. Like yeah, he's good. He's good. He's really become a, a extraordinarily reliable pitcher. You know, we're talking about Dean Kramer as being a big surprise. He's still a guy who's pitching to a four and a half ERA this mm-hmm. season, right? Like yeah. Kyle Bradish is pitching to a three seven five ERA. He's pitching to a 1-1-something one, one whip. So why why isn't Tyler Wells an unsung hero? I, I or think is he the, sung? I think beca- I'm still worried about the innings and the, the you run. know the home runs. Like Bradish, I have so much faith at this point that he's just in your rotation all season, and you can count on him that 
By the I, way, let me just change thing gears real quick. A player that we didn't mention at all, none of the three. That's of it. Us. That's that was the last for your list. Uh, was that the yes. last? Okay. Yeah, okay. I was going to revert back. One, yeah. I yeah. was reverting back to uh, MVP. Santander has had a really, he's, yeah, really. Yeah, he's terrific been the last year. three weeks. He's been yeah. the MVP by far. Yeah. Um, he got off to a bit of a slow yep. start, and that yep. probably takes him out of. It's the, what makes this season so interesting. I mean. You could make an argument for every single guy that they've been the MVP at some uh, point. To the point, what like, you're saying is what we there's there have been few guys that have been you know really always on from game one mm-hmm. to game eighty one, right? right? Like there have not been. Uh, Batista is the closest, and even in that, like he's had a cup. You know, it's not like he yeah. hasn't blown like saves. Ford. Yeah. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. going back right. to the most disappointing player, I guess we could also throw CNL Perez in. Yeah. Oh God, could we yeah. throw CNL Perez in that conversation? There is. You know, there let's is, keep our fingers crossed. It's been a little bit better. It's been a little bit better. There, and his that is true. Velocity is still there. Like ninety-seven the it's other night. Just yeah. the results have not been. Yeah. They have been really, uh, really bad. All right, uh, that was good, Griffin. We'll get those up. We will. Uh, I'll have Griffin post those at uh, GlennClarkRadio.com a little bit later on today. Our first half superlatives for the Baltimore Orioles. Our number one of today's show is in the books. It's been brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Orioles' final homestand before the All-Star break, or final home series before the All-Star break, gets underway tonight, and a lot going on, of course, Stan, I know you're you're over the moon. You're going to check out DJ Diesel tonight, correct? Like you're no question about no it. No doubt, you can't miss DJ yeah, Diesel. Aren't Jim Palmer and Ben McDonald going to perform I, with them? I've heard. I it, it, I did not even think about when they announced. That are the they going to do a four man booth? Shaq. Because oh, they McDonald, are doing a three man booth this yeah. weekend with yeah. uh, Palmer and yeah. McDonald. Yeah. I don't remember which of them is doing. I think McDonald's doing the Peacock broadcast on Sunday. One probably. of them. I think, yeah, I, I think. I think it's, probably. I think it's Ben. ben. Yeah. Um, they trend younger. Ten they, to, although they, they had Palmer do yeah, the last yeah, yeah. one, but that was because Ben was out in um, in, in Omaha, Omaha, so he was yeah. unavailable. Um, what was I going to say about that? And uh, and I think the th- both of them are going to be in New York. Oh, they're going to do and, another three man booth then. Okay, I think. And Palmer told me he was with the team through Minnesota, not meaning on this the, you weekend. You mean on the road? On the road. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, that's really they interesting. Maybe trying that out. Just going all week seem, with the three yeah, men. They seem to have a nice budget right it's now for uh, things at Mass. By the way, uh, I can confirm that it's uh, Ben McDonald and Glenn Perkins who will be doing the broadcast on Peacock on Sunday. With is that, that Mrs. Perkins. Song? It is very, very. Well, look at you. With that in mind, we don't. We're not. Maybe it's funny because this is uh, the Orioles are facing a first place team this weekend. Yep. Just a first-place team with a sub-500 record as the Minnesota Twins come to town. Let's find out a little bit more about the Minnesota Twins. Joining us now, he covers the Twins for the Star Tribune out in Minnesota. He is Bobby Nightingale, and he is with us here on GCR. Bobby, it's Glenn and Stan the Fan Charles here in Baltimore. It's great to chat with you, man. Thank you for taking a minute for us this morning. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, Obviously, as we kind of joked about, the Twins are in first place, so all's good, but they're also not a very good baseball team. Why has it not clicked for the Twins this year the way that maybe on paper you would look and think that it probably should have been clicking a little bit better? Yeah, their offense has been a huge issue. I mean, Rocco Baldelli, their manager, just called them out uh, pretty publicly after their last game. They, they just got swept in Atlanta 
Um, just about kind of the frustration with the offense all year, but Carlos Correa is having the worst offensive season of his career. Um, Byron Buxton, they moved to a DH so they could keep him healthy, keep him in the lineup, and he, he hasn't had a great offensive year either. Um, so the two guys you're really counting on saying those could be your top performers, those guys aren't hitting the way you expected. Joey Gallo's not um, strikes out a ton, hitting below 200. Um, so, I mean, they, they, they're on pace to shatter the all-time record for strikeouts uh, amongst an offense. So there's a lot of issues with the offense. They're just not scoring. You know, it, it, they're, they're struggling to score two runs a game. Um, and they, they've had great pitching, but it almost feels like that's been wasted based off how the offense has performed the first half. Hey, Bobby, I know you, you didn't cover the team in spring training, I don't believe. Uh, but the the other big disappointment has got to be the third baseman who looked like he was kind of like all world the second half of the year, Miranda. Yeah, and he's he's back in Triple A right now. And but he, yeah, and, you're right. I mean, another guy they and is he they, they str- counted upon to take a step forward. And is he, he didn't? Is he struggling even at Triple A? He's turned it around lately, but he's not hitting for power. Okay, kind of hitting for average, okay. um, but not not a ton of homers. Not that kind of where they were hoping he would take the next step. Um, Bobby, that all being said, it, it still feels like a team that's capable of going, especially, you know, in that division. That starting where, the starting rotation. And, and the, it will come to that in a second. We're going to see a couple of them this weekend. It, it, is the belief that, you know, this is baseball in a month, the, the Twins could be fine? Are they trying to be aggressive going to the deadline because they, they're in a division that they can still easily win? Like, what what is the mindset from the top at this point when it comes to the Twins? Yeah, I mean, I think that's why Baldelli called him out publicly after the last game, just saying, you know, we, we can't play like this. It's unacceptable. Um, you know, nothing's going to get fixed if you keep trying to do the same thing over and over again and um, kind of rip the team for the lack of offense adjustments during games. Um, so, I mean, I, I think the urgency is coming up and saying, yeah, sure, we're in first place, but the record's below 500. They're nowhere where they need to be. Um, they've, they got swept by Tampa Bay earlier this month and swept by Atlanta. So when they've played elite teams, they've been crushed. Um, so I, I think they're looking at it as, you know, they, they've had some measuring sticks this month. Sure, they, they still believe in the guys. You know, Carlos Correa, he, he's still an elite shortstop. Byron Buxton still should be a good hitter. Um, so, I mean, there's, there's still a lot of faith that they can turn it around offensively. But I, I, I think once the end of the first half hit, I think that was kind of the realization was, okay, this, this can't keep continuing. And we, something has to change just because you're in a bad division. Uh, you can't kind of rely on that. You're still a below 500 team at this point. One one bright shining uh, example of what's going on in Minnesota, though, is the comeback of Royce Lewis. Can you talk a little bit about the former number one player and how he's looked to you? Yeah, I mean, he looks like a guy who's been in the league for a lot longer than he has. I mean, he's probably I think he's played less than fifty career games, but um, you know, c- coming back from two ACL surgeries, that that's a huge question mark. I mean, that's a lot to ask for. And, um, he's come back immediately this season, uh, missed, missed the first couple months, but came back and is kind of joined the, provided a nice boost to lineup. Um, really good at putting the ball in play. He's been pretty clutch and, uh, when he's been up to the plate in late inning situations. Um, so he, he's been kind of everything they could have wanted, uh, for former number one overall pick. So uh, obviously the talent's always been there, but, uh, I, I think two ACL injuries, it causes a lot of concern for anybody. Um, so the fact he's still running well, the athleticism's still there, he's still hitting, um, it, it's been a great sign. I mean, that's he's been one of the big positives. He is. Bobby Nightingale covers the Twins for the Star Tribune. He's with us here on Glenn Clark Radio. 
Uh, Bobby, as you referenced, the Stan brought up, the pitching is still outstanding. Um, we're going to see two of them this weekend. Tonight, Pablo Lopez goes. But then tomorrow, Bailey Ober, um, I, I, we started to see it a year ago. How has he turned into one of the more consistent pitchers in the American League? Yeah, I think you just you hit it with consistent. I mean, he's just a guy who it seems like every time he goes out there, it's six innings, two runs, six innings, three runs, um, you know, quality start level, which that's been the key. I mean, he doesn't have the overpowering stuff that I think Pablo Lopez and Sonny Gray have where he's not going to rack up tons and tons of strikeouts and get a ton of swings and misses like those guys. Um, but he's, he throws a ton of strikes. He stays on the attack. He gets in ahead and counts. Um, and sometimes it's easy as that when you're when you're in command on the mound, and um, I'm sure his height he's, he's six foot nine. You know, coming from that angle, it's probably a little bit tougher on hitters, even if it's not overpowering stuff. But um, that's that's been a huge thing for him. It's just he's been so consistent for them. Bobby, I got a, a little trick question for you because again, I don't think am I right? You weren't with the Twins at the start of the season, correct? Yeah, I was with uh, the Reds until about okay. a month ago. Uh, Danny Coulomb. I'm wondering if the Twins, and I'm not trying to make too much of it because he was injured all last, pretty much 95% of 2022, but when they when they DFA'd him, was it the type of thing they thought they'd re-sign him very quickly and surpri- they were surprised that somebody took him because he's been like sort of really tremendous with the Orioles. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think it's just one of those, yeah, I think you, I don't know if it was 95% chance they thought he'd get back, but one of those, you have the 40-man crunch, you're trying to get fine roster spots. Yep. You, you have some points where it's like, maybe we can take advantage of this and, um, you know, get him in the minor leagues and, you know, establish depth there. And, you know, give credit to Baltimore. Baltimore's done a yep. great job, not just with him, but with a lot of guys where um, they've taken advantage. I mean, I mean, even from the Reds, CNL Perez, um, yep. I remember, just got guys they've, kind of reclamation project that they've been able to fix and have a lot of success. Obviously, a, a guy that came from the twin system in Yenir Cano has turned out all right for the Orioles. Um, speak, let me go the other way. The, the guy that was on the other side of that trade, for, can you tell us you know, maybe a little bit more about what's going on with Jorge Lopez? We know there's a mental health situation, and I, you know, he's such a good guy. He's a guy that was so easy to root for. The success that he found here in Baltimore is there anything you can tell us about what's been going on with Jorge Lopez this season? Yeah, I mean, he said he, it was one of those things where he didn't really realize how bad it was getting until the team was sat him down and was like, hey, we, we think you should probably take a mental break and, um, you know, go on the injured list um, and take some time away from the team. Just because, you know, he, he's had a rough go of it. In April, He I think it was 12 scoreless uh, outings. So, I mean, he was dominant in April, great setup man. Um and then after that, it's been, you know, I think he's like a 17 ERA in his last 10 appearances. Um, you know, he's throwing things in the dugout. I think it was more towards, it was just kind of, you could see the frustration building. It wasn't getting better. Um, and I don't think it was as much to do with his stuff. Like, I don't think his stuff was playing all that differently. I think it was just the twins um, kind of spiraling, spiraling a little bit and approached him and said, hey, what do you think about taking a break? And um, a few days afterwards, he said he felt, you know, a lot better. Um, I, I think he's eligible to come back from the IL this weekend at some point. I don't know if that's on the table that it'll actually happen or not, but um, sounds like he's doing a lot better. Just one of those got into a funk, and um, you know, I, I think it's just players are more aware, teams are more aware. Hey, maybe it's just a mental thing versus a physical thing. That's interesting. It'd be interesting to see if there are other guys. Obviously, we've seen the, the Alec Manoa situation with Toronto, and it'd just be interesting to see um, if we see more of that as the season goes on in baseball. 
Uh, Bobby Nightingale. Uh, people can follow you. It's at Nightingale Jr. on Twitter, correct? Yep. Uh, really appreciate spending a couple of minutes with us this morning, man. Looking forward to seeing the uh, Twins here in Baltimore this weekend. Thanks so much for hopping on with us. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's Bobby Nightingale from the uh, Star Tribune out in Minnesota getting us ready for Orioles Twins. I, I, I don't ever want to speculate about these things, Stan, because it's not really appropriate, but I do wonder. I'll do the speculate. Okay, great. Thank you. That way I can say I didn't. Um, like What we're talking about with Jorge Lopez, I do wonder – I don't. I'm not trying to say that I don't think Ryan Mountcastle had vertigo. Like I, I don't think they would just make that up for the sake of making it up. But I do wonder if it walked hand in hand with maybe with sort a, of a collapsed a, sense of right, what, a, what he needed to do out there. A yeah. mental break yep. was necessary too. Didn't Ryan. they mention twice when they sat him I in thought, games? That he was sort of a, needed a mental refresher. I, I absolutely remember that being a thing. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I, obviously it hasn't looked great on the other side. So Brandon has always been pretty straightforward with us as Correct. a media. And he said that he wondered, what made me believe that it really was vertigo, is he said he wondered if, it, if he had it at sort of a lesser level that started the collapse and then all of a sudden it became more something he was, you know, he was spiraling. And, you know, I don't know. I don't but, know. I don't know either. Yeah. Um, I, I am not opposed to mental health being something that we take very seriously. You, know, you and, look at players like Alex Manoa, you, you know, that he was so damn good last mm-hmm. year. And now it's like that person isn't there right Correct. now. You know. So if that means you don't need 50, you need 60 days. You need to go speak to somebody. You need to get somewhere else. I mean, whatever you got, I am in favor of treating that very seriously and, and doing what you need to do in order to make it work. And if Ryan Mountcastle continues to struggle at AAA and, you know, maybe he needs that same type of thing, I'm not opposed to it. I don't know that it's going to fix everybody. I can't be yeah. certain that every single one of those guys comes back and they just get 60 days away, They're they're all good, but... You know, getting back to that uh, Coulomb thing, mm-hmm. you know, the the name, they've had a guy the last couple of years, because I know this because I play fantasy baseball, they've had a left-hander named Giovanni Moran, and he's 1-2 with a 4.41 ERA. But the guy that took Coulomb's place is as a left-hander in the pen is Brent Hendrick. Okay. And he is 1-0 with a 5-1-4 ERA. That's not great. And, and how many parents? Four, 14 innings. Mm. Uh, and he has allowed 11 hits. And let's see what else he's allowed. Seven walks. So he's allowed, his, his whip's not horrible, 129. But uh, he, has not been, he has not been doing the job that Coulomb no would have No question done about them. that. Uh, some news in the sports broadcasting world this morning. Jeff Van Gundy is out at ESPN. Really? This is very surprising because they they are I've talked about the like ESPN's NBA coverage yeah is really bleak to begin with particularly in comparison to TNT being the standard not just for NBA coverage but right. arguably in all of sports like I don't know that there is any entity that does as well with their coverage of anything and ESPN does really well with college football, but like I don't know that anybody does anything as well as Turner does the NBA. It's insane how good TNT's coverage of the NBA yeah. is. So yeah. he's out. 
He is now, out. Now, Stan, his brother, does he still work for ESPN? He still, I mean, he did last year. So. I think they're both excellent. I think they're analysts. both very good, yeah. yes. So that's the that's sh- the crazy that's part very to me surprising is me. like it was one of the few good things yeah. about ESPN's coverage of the NBA was Jeff Van Gundy. I have no idea. Yeah. I mean, short of if they're just saying we're not going to spend money on anybody. Like we are just going to take Tim Legler and J.J. Redick and whoever's lying. I mean, it was kind of laughable when I was watching their coverage of the finals where it was like their studio team was whoever was at work that day. <laughs> like if Kendrick Perkins was on one of their network on their debate shows, they'd be right. like stick around, you can be on the studio crew tonight. <laughs> they're they are there for the ABC's studio co- had involved one former player at the table. Right. And that was Jalen Rose. That was right. it. Right. The other guys at the table were Wilbon, who's certainly knowledgeable. Right. No, and Stephen A. And right. Stephen A, who's just there because that's the only guy that ESPN. Like, I'm waiting for them to say Pat McAfee is now going to be on their NBA coverage well, that's, because that's yeah, who they, point, they right. spent the money on, so he just right. has to do everything now. Right. Like, I, this is bizarre to me that they already covered the sport poorly, poorly, as and, far as the games are concerned. And they take off one of their And they take now. off one of the few guys who was actually good at what they did. It's yeah bonkers to me but jeff van gundy is out at espn and surprising would certainly make sense for him to just wind up going over to turner and or go back to coaching i'd be he I, he's, I, I he's been so he far removed from yeah, it at this point I, but i don't i don't, I don't think, think that's likely but i you know yeah. I, I wouldn't i think he's yeah. a i thought he was a very good coach yeah just sort of stunning i news. think his brother's a terrific coach i don't too. disagree with that all right. I guess uh, it was his fault that Zion Williamson yeah, that's right. got <laughs> hurt all Probably those times. Yeah. Uh, we continue along here on a Friday edition of GCR. It is time for us to make a trip to Aberdeen to catch up with a member of the Ironbirds. Joining us now, an outfielder. He is Dylan Beavers, and he is with us here on GCR. Dylan, it's Glenn and Stan here in Baltimore. It's great to chat with you, man. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. Hey, yeah, thank you. It's good to hear your voice, man. Uh, just Dylan, if you could kind of take me through here in your first full pro, you know, full season of pro ball. I know there have been some downs, some ups. What is it that you have felt the best about as far as your progress is concerned in this first full season? Um, I'd say I'd probably um, just kind of the player development side. Um, kind of what the Orioles want to focus on it's you know the coaches are really want us to not stress about kind of game to game results and um just focus on our own progress as a player so they kind of view our results and stuff like the stock market you know you're gonna have ups and downs but as long as i'm trending in the right direction that's kind of what they want so just kind of improving um over the long run it's what I've been focused on this season. Dylan, uh, I noticed you've hit five home runs this season. You only played 20 games last year and didn't hit a single home run last year. I know that, Mm -hmm. I know that there's power in there. How do you feel like you can develop the power? I think just kind of the consistency, um, which I think starts a little bit with my swing, um, the mechanics of my swing, just kind of getting the ball in the barrel more consistently um, and getting it, getting it on the barrel out front so I can elevate the ball. Um, yeah, it's kind of what I've been working on. And I think I just 
you know, got to be early and catch it on the barrel and do that a little more consistently and the power numbers will take up, I think. So let me just follow up on that. At California, where you played your college ball, you had 18 homers one year and 17 home runs. That's a lot mm-hmm. of trust that you put into the Orioles' teacher, you know, batting teachers, mm. that they know how to really generate this power. So you give a full yeah. buy-in to what they're teaching. Yeah, I mean, I think it's different from player to player. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, it's like I I hit some home runs at Cal, um, but I knew while I was there that there was stuff I could improve on. Um, my swing was unconventional, and kinda, even there I wanted to work on improving my consistency. So um, it's not, you know, it's – kind of improving the consistency, especially with the change of the wood from metal to wood bat. Okay. It's a little bit different. Yep. Um, so, you know, it's, it's almost a different swing just because it's a, it's a, the wood bats are a lot more dense on the barrel. They're heavier. It's, it's different. So, um, there is stuff I want to improve, um, mainly just consistency and small mechanical tweaks. It's not like I'm completely, um, trash in my old swing. Gotcha. By any means. Okay. Yeah. He, he is Dylan Beavers, the Aberdeen Ironbirds. The Ironbirds are home this weekend as well with great 4th of July celebrations, including post-game fireworks tomorrow night. Kids run the bases on Sunday. You want to get the up to Aberdeen uh, fireworks as well tonight as they take on the Winston-Salem Dash. Dylan, I want to go back to, to what you said about, you know, the organization don't, you know, I, I think that the if, if I'm reading between the tea leaves, it would be easy to say, hey, you're a guy that I have no doubt wants to be putting up bigger numbers right now. And your second round pick, thought of prospect. What is it for you that prevents you from getting too down? Like, how do you handle when you do have a week where it's not going the way that you want it to go? When you how do you not lose focus and get down and say, I should be progressing quicker. I should be moving forward more than I am right now. Um, I'd say it's just, you know, it's a long season. So in a, you know, game to game, I'm not going to freak out about results just because I know there's going to be, um, you know, downs for sure. There's going to be struggles. Um, but it is, it's definitely frustrating. I'm not, not happy with, playing bad but just kind of got to trust the process and Mm -hmm. know that um you know if i keep keep investing in it that eventually i'll I'll get something out of it um even if i gotta struggle for a little while i think it's i I think it's well said do you do you have somebody that you talk like is it something you talk openly with you know I'll, i'll bring up an example i think some guys when they're struggling would say hey i'd rather not do a radio interview today like i'd be i'd rather not i'd rather not do that it, are are, are yeah. you are you capable of talking openly and do you have a, a support system that you chat with because I, we were just having a conversation a minute ago about how much mental health has become a part of the game of baseball and how important it is is that part of it for you that allows you to say I'm all right I'm I'm good I can go on and talk, chat with those guys and goof around on a Friday despite the fact that they're not talking about me hitting 383 this year something like that it's, yeah, yeah, I, I have a mental skills coach that I've worked with for okay. the last couple of years now, um, and she helps a lot, um, kind of, you know, my life's more than baseball, so when I'm not at the field, I'm not freaking out about, you know, my results, um, but yeah, it's definitely, 
she helps a lot. And it's like, um, even though I think the staff at the Orioles kind of puts you at ease too, just because it's cool. They're not necessarily worried about the result right away. Um, and I know like, I trust that I'm going to start putting them numbers eventually. So otherwise I'd be stressed out if I didn't think about that. <laughs> hey, I'm going to take the pressure off of you right now. You're a teammate of one of the most ballyhooed prospects in all of baseball and it seems to fall to me each time we have somebody that's rubbed elbows with Jackson Holiday. What tell us something mm-hmm. about Jackson as a player that we might not know. Um I'd say I'd say he's a little he's a little more relaxed on the field than than most people would think. Hmm. Like he keeps it light in the dugout for sure. Um, obviously focused when he's on the field playing, but he keeps it, keeps it light, has a good time. Um, but yeah, he's a great teammate. I, I love playing with him. Um, so I was, I was super excited whenever they, he moved up pretty quick to Aberdeen this year. So put your, um, put your scouting hat on. Tell us about him as a player. I think he's just, he's a great player. He's one of the, one of the best players I ever played with for sure. Especially, for, for being so young. Um, he's just a really mature player. Um, knows the game of baseball. He's got, you know, high IQ and, uh, he can, he can hit the ball real well, play good defense at shortstop. But, um, yeah, he's, he's one of, one of the best players I've played with for sure. Great answer. He is Dylan Beavers. He's with us here on GCR. Dylan, being a part of this organization, just can, can you kind of put into words and, you know, the excitement, the I, I have no doubt for you that even when you arrived, you were already starting to feel it. Like what what it means to know there's an opportunity ahead that you could maybe get there and compete for a World Series in the coming years. Uh, yeah, it's super exciting. Um, I I will say it like growing up, I, I followed the Red Sox. I was a, I was a Red Sox fan. Yeah. I think, uh, I think I knew that you were a Patriots fan too. And I'm not really thrilled about that either. Yeah. If we got to be honest, like we were going to yeah. try to, we're going to try to avoid those particular topics. Still. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, as a, as a Red Sox fan, I, I always growing up, at least for my time, it was like the Orioles weren't normally contenders. So, whenever I got drafted, I didn't really know what to think. And then, um, they kind of right as I, right after I got picked is whenever they started, the Orioles really started taking off and winning a lot of ball games. So, um, we, we, were, I, we, were, you know, we refer to it here as the beaver effect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's exciting for sure. Um, uh, especially seeing like a lot of it, you know, since I've been here, a ton of guys have got called up um, and made impacts up there. So it's definitely really exciting to see. And it, it seems like a, the Orioles are going to be a really good club for years to come. So I'm excited to be a part of it. Why? Why are you? You're a California kid. Why in the hell are you a Red Sox and Patriots fan? <laughs> that was The Red Sox were my first Little League team. My dad was my coach when I was uh... like – six seven years old and the Red Sox were my first team and um I got them you know I asked him to try and get us the Red Sox every year after that so all grown up we were the Red Sox and 
that was uh, the team I followed when I watched baseball. I still don't understand the Patriots part because I saw you tweeting about the Patriots not that long ago. So you just decide that you were like you you had because you, you were a Red Sox guy, you were a Boston England. guy. Yeah, yeah, okay. and. And my, my hitting coach growing up was a big Patriots fan, so we followed him. Together. All right. All He's right. like a front runner, you know. Yeah, I mean, right. Yeah, all Sox of a sudden they start winning championships. Yeah, Brady, right. Brady wins like six, yeah. you know. So let's do this. Like now, okay, come on. You're you're going to be in Baltimore now for a few years, right? Like if, if mm-hmm. you, let's just say if you get here, could we get you to maybe like start caring more about, like the Patriots stink now. Like, let's be honest about it. <laughs> They're no good. I can't. I can't just jump off the boat oh. now. Then I. Then I'd be a true bandwagon. Yeah. Mm, we can keep going. <laughs> I we pre- we presented this hypothetical. If DeAndre Hopkins said to the Patriots, "I'll sign with you if you can coerce Brady out of retirement," what would what, what would you like? Would you say, "Yeah, go ahead and do that." Mac Jones stinks. Let me let me move on immediately. <laughs> no, no, I trust in Mac Jones. Oh, I don't know about that decision. I don't know about that. <laughs> hey, I've got one more for you. Give him you. a year. Uh, Give him a year or two. He'll sure. be good. Uh, I got one more for you. Um, you know, teammates root for one another. One of your teammates just recently got promoted up to Bowie because I was looking at Bowie's stats because I want to see Kobe Mayo, and I saw that Judd Fabian mm-hmm. – I saw Mayo play last year at Aberdeen and was blown away with the power. Uh, but Judd Fabian got promoted. Can you tell us a little bit about Judd uh, and what kind of player you think he can be? Yeah, um, Judd's, a, Judd's a, another really good player. Um, I'd say he he hits a lot of home runs for sure. He did at Florida. He continues to hit him here. Um, but Judd, I, I look up to Judd, um, especially in the outfield, um, He's just—he's for sure the best defender I've seen in the outfield. Um, he's a center fielder. Is, is he a center fielder? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's a center fielder. He's—he's he's definitely the best outfielder I've ever played with. So, um, you know, I—I I got to play with him last year um, after we got drafted, and then for the first, you know, up until a couple weeks ago here, and uh, he's this—he's a He's a really good player, um, and I, I've learned a lot from him in the outfield especially. Uh, but um, definitely definitely had a lot of fun playing with him, and he's, he's one of my best friends here for sure. Dylan Beavers 11 on Twitter is how you follow him. Dylan.Beavers on Instagram. You can follow him there as well. Uh, Dylan, really appreciate you doing this, man. And I, this, the next, I look forward to the next time we're talking when we are talking about you hitting 383 at that point and bombing like 20 home yeah. runs. I look forward to that being the next conversation. But appreciate your thoughtfulness this morning and doing this, man. Thanks so much for hopping on with us. Yeah, thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Best of luck. Dylan Beavers, um, still obviously a very thought-of prospect. There was a reason why he was a second-round pick. Been a bit of a struggle this season, but yeah. appreciate his thoughtfulness and the answers. and. Uh, every reason to believe that he has the opportunity to get things going. Here it's in interesting to get that insight that the, the team really str- – it's almost like that mental health mm-hmm. thing we we're talking about. Mm-hmm. It seems like the Orioles' approach is to take some of the stress off. Like, don't worry day to day. We'll be charting what you need to do. I think what jumps out is that they are proactive instead of being reactive. That's what I mean. Right? It's like, almost they like are... their, their theory of hitting yep. – would seem like it would de-stress players. You know, like, hey, 
don't think about this day to day. Think about it as like he said, the stock market. But I, like when he said he had a mental health coach, and then like or not a mental. What did he, I'm sorry, I'm gonna make sure I use the right word because he didn't say health. He has different word mental. Oh. Was it just mental coach? I, I, nah, I apologize. I don't remember okay. what the word was that he used. But that predated. Somebody that, you they, know, Like you said, I've had that person for a few years. And then that was met with what the Orioles do within the system. Mm-hmm. I thought that was very interesting that the yeah. Orioles are trying to immediately, hey, you come into the organization. We are we are talking about this. It's an interesting yes. topic. Yeah, We have people that we're working with that we want you to work with. Um, I think those are all very good things. All right, uh, we continue along here on a Friday edition of GCR. Stan the Fan Charles is here. If you've not picked up the new print issue of PressBox yet, I don't know what you're waiting for. Stan tells me it has been flying off newsstands. It is available for free at your neighborhood Royal Farms and at those hundreds of locations around town where you find PressBox. And I got several really positive comments on the job David well, Ginsburg did. did. A, yeah. yeah, really remarkable job with this cover story about the uh, late, great Tony Saragusa mm-hmm. and the uh, legacy and what it is that his family is trying to do to continue his legacy. So I'd really encourage you to go out and get that, uh, pick it up for free. Again, you can always read the entire thing at PressBoxOnline.com. Does he belong in the, the Ring of Honor? That's really funny because I think I feel like we we kind of skirted around that conversation yep. when he passed away. And I, I just think for what he did, the imp- for the, the impact he had in such a short time, it, you know, the comparisons with Artie, mm-hmm. that he was the modern sort of Artie Donovan uh, to me, he's a Ring of Honor guy, but so is David Modell for me. It's uh, it, David Modell obviously played a massive yeah. role in the relationship that was created or established between the city and the franchise. Yeah. There's no doubt David yeah. Modell was was very involved with that. Yeah, I, the Ravens. What they have not established is sort of a secondary way to honor. Like it's either you're in the Ring of Honor or kind of nothing. Yep, and it's a very difficult line of where they want the ring of honor to be heightened right they want it to be the best of the best well then what happens for the people that are worthy of of honor but aren't in that what are you doing for them and yeah i mean i i get that but this is not putting tony syracuse saying he's a hall of famer sure in the grand sense of the word it's, You're not saying they should build a statue of it. Right, right, exactly. I'm just saying that there are certain people, and I and David and Tony I hear are the are the two that really stick out for me. You I, know. I'm not I I'm not really gonna argue with you. I would have no problem, and I might have even at one point suggested that I thought yeah. Tony Saragusa was worthy of it. Yeah. I, I am understanding of what they want the Ring of Honor to be. And that whenever anybody says, Well, Ernest Biner's in, we, you gotta be willing to ignore you have to be. You, you can't have the kind of that was a that was done f- a favor a, for Art Modell. Yeah, yeah, Art Modell wanted to do something for Ernest Biner. That's why he's in the Ring of Honor. It's nothing yeah. to do with the, like I. And it has he, nothing to do with his time as a Raven. Correct. Yeah. And so I, it's a very difficult conversation. It was a to lifetime have. award for Art Modell. It, it was a him. personal favor for Art Modell to put Ernest Biner in the yeah. Ravens Ring of Honor. Yes, we all know that it sticks out like a sore thumb. We all right. we all understand that, but. It's sort of like saying Harold Baines got into the Baseball Hall of Fame, so now that's the judgment for whether somebody should get into the Baseball Hall of Fame. We're, we're going to have to, as time goes on, say like that. that's not the baseline. Like The, the baseline isn't Ernest Biner for the Ravens' Ring of Honor. It's 
the rest of the guys that are in the Ravens Ring of Honor. Yeah. I am with you. I would have no issue with Tony Saragusa getting in. Or David. Or I, really, I would yeah. have no issue with David yeah. either. I like I you know there are arguments that can be made for other like I talked about this when when Kevin Byrne retired, and that's more why I was talking about the secondary thing. Yeah. That I wish there was a secondary way that they they had a place to put. Put Kevin Byrne. Yeah. What the Orioles do with their it's hall South Carolina. That's correct. Go play. Go play racquetball. <laughs> Enjoy your life. Right. Actually, he's I think being, he's a pickleball he's, player. I think. I think he is too. Yeah. And be, he's actually being honored by the Football Hall of Fame this weekend. Right. I don't remember what the name of the honor is, but yeah. they have an honor for PR people, and he's receiving it yeah. from the Football Hall That's of Fame great. this weekend. That's great. Um, but the Orioles have done this successfully. As much as we make fun of their standard for the Orioles Hall of Fame, and sort of say that anybody can get into the Orioles Hall of Fame. The point is that they have the group of players that they have separated and said, these are the, the highest of the high, and they get statues, and they get their jerseys retired. They then have a next group. They now have a secondary honor for them to say, we think that these people are also worthy of honor, too. And we can laugh about it. It's, it's a plaque out by a bathroom, but it's a way to bring them back, celebrate them for a weekend, do the, the lunch in, the whole yep. thing. Yep. And I think that the Ravens would be wise to try to come up with some equivalent, right? Some secondary way to honor people that, like, Derek Mason isn't honored in any way by the Baltimore Ravens. I know. I know. To me, he's one of my favorite. And I would have no time. problem with that being the Ring of Honor. Like, it wouldn't bother me at all right. for that answer to be the Ring tremendous. of Honor. Steve he was, Smith. Stephen Smith. Anquan Bolden. Like, yeah. guys that were critical for. Anquan Bolton was a critical part of a championship team. And I get it. They would say, but he was only here for a few years. Joe Flacco is going to get in the ring of honor, right? Yeah. Like, he'll be in the ring of honor. But th- how do you do that? The Ravens' answer has kind of been, like, awkward. Well, we'll bring him back as, like, the man of the game or something and let him wave to the crowd before. But that's not permanent anywhere. You can't walk out and see that somewhere. I think the Ravens would be wise to come up with another way. Maybe it's at their facility when fans are going out to see training camp in the summer that they have a display of people Let, of let's, honor. Let's be honest about this. I know we're off, off on yeah, an right. interesting yeah, topic on yeah. the side, but football is absolutely horrible at honoring the, the great players anyway, the way they do it at halftime when everybody wants yeah, to go up and get, get a chicken, piss. Chicken fingers, get, a, right. get chicken fingers or hot chocolate or take a piss. Right. And that's when they honor the player. That's true. It feels so rushed. It's like five, six minutes. And it's over. Yeah, you don't you know, really when get the... baseball does it. It's before the game. It's a half hour before yeah, the game. Yeah, you give the yeah. guys time to give a speech yeah. and to, to rib their teammates yeah. and to tell stories and yeah. you know the whole thing. I, dude, I don't care at all about the Seattle Mariners, but the day that Jay Buhner went into their Hall of Fame, right. he gave a speech where he got Ken Griffey Jr. to cry. And it was one of the most beautiful things that I've ever seen in my life. I was like, God, I don't care about these people at all. Right. And yet, it was beautiful to me. I, you're right about that, Stan. They yeah. don't do that well, and I think the the Ravens would be wise to start thinking about ways that they can find more permanent places to honor other guys. I, to your point, you, you though, you make a really good point. I would about have a secondary. I would have no problem with Goose being in the I Ring have of no Honor. No problem right. with Derek Mason, Goose, yep. or David Modell. Yep. All right, why don't we do things a little out of order today? Why don't we come back in and do Tidbit and Tubular, and then we'll wrap today by chatting with Mark DeRosa. How about that? All right, we'll go that Sounds way. Sounds good to me. I figured that would work out better for you. Stan the Fan Charles is here. It's a Friday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. 
Hey, O's fans, the Birdland Summer Music Series presented by Miller Lite continues at Oreo Park at Camden Yards on Friday, June 30th with DJ Diesel, a.k.a. Shaquille O'Neal. After the Orioles take on the Minnesota Twins at 7.05, stay post-game to watch DJ Diesel live from the infield. The concert is open to all fans who attend the game, with the option to ask special on-field access for just $35. You can get up close and experience the biggest DJ in the world live at Camden Yards. Get your tickets at Orioles.com music. Your summer destination is closer than you think at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. With an expansive gaming floor and incredible dining options ready for you to explore, your adventure awaits. Dine at the new Coho Korean Barbecue House coming in July or on the patio at the Prime Rib. Enjoy the summertime breeze at Orchid Smoking Patio. Limited time packages starting at $229. What are you waiting for? Book now. At Arundel Mills, must be 21. Please play responsibly for help. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call one. 800 gambler all electronic tolling is here to stay in maryland and driveeasymd.com helps you cruise a little easier we're maryland's tolling resource home to easy pass pay by plate and video tolling it's never been easier to pay your way driveeasymd.com will keep you moving the orioles are off and running out to prove that last season wasn't a fluke and they are one of the best teams in baseball hi i'm paul valley host of the bat around for press box tune in every saturday from 10 a.m to noon as zach goodman and i break down every adley bomb every tony tater and every save from the mountain like a warm hug from rutschman the bat around has you covered with all things orioles as we embark on what's sure to be a magical summer in birdland so tune in every saturday for the best in orioles coverage right here on the bat around Another exciting weekend of affordable family fun at Prince George's Stadium with the Bowie Bay Sox. It's our Independence Weekend celebration starting on Friday the 30th with our Pride Night. A special ticket package gets you a Bay Sox rainbow hat. And then July 1st through 3rd, major fireworks shows each and every night with a special jersey auction on sale. Get your tickets now by calling 301-805-6000 or anytime online at baysox.com. The Bowie Bay Sox, let us be your nine-inning vacation. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. Costas Inn has been serving up delicious steamed crabs for over 50 years. Lately, the crabs you want to eat when the weather warms up have gotten harder and harder to get. So get your crab-eating game plan in place. Make sure to stick this number on your fridge, 410-477-1975. Call ahead and reserve the size crabs you want. You may be able to walk in, but you may also be disappointed at the size or maybe even get shut out altogether. So call ahead, have a plan, and then arrive on your crab-eating vacation. Costas also has delicious crab soup and crab cakes. The Costas Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard. For more than 50 years, they've been satisfying crab lovers in and around Baltimore. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches. And top it off with a rich, hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. If you need more of Glenn, you can also hear him every Sunday with Rita on 105.7 The Fan. But also, if you need more of Glenn, um, what's wrong with you? 
all right, I'll tell you the end of that story another time. <laughs> Continue, please. Yeah, right. It's it's well, it's it's fine. It's totally fine. But yeah, Shaq tonight at the Oriole Park at Camden Yards after the DJ Diesel after the game. All right, uh, let's do Tidbit and Tubular now, and then we'll uh, wrap up the week by chatting with Mark DeRosa from MLB Network. Tidbit. Can't is, wait to talk to him. I, the thing about that is, the thing is, you know what, next time, uh, no, actually, we only had like a 10-minute heads up. That, that was, it was very weird yesterday. Oh, no, you di- I didn't really. Griffin had actually told me ahead of time. Yeah, you didn't tell Stan. You could have invited I, Stan to come uh, in and record with us. Yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah, yeah you know okay. what? I would take your anger out on that guy right there, although it was his he birthday thinks, yesterday. He thinks I'm blocking his career. Yeah, that's I know what that. it is. Yeah. That's what it is. What did you do for your birthday? Um, let's see. I had a baseball game. When was your birthday? Yesterday. yesterday. Oh, yesterday. Happy birthday. Special. I Thanks. totally Thanks. forgot to mention something on the show. I looked at I like 12. I would have brought you a donut. At Oh, that's fine. Yeah, you missed out on your birthday donut. Yeah, I know. I guess I got to start broadcasting it more and be like, "Hey, it's my birthday." For what it's worth, that's what you get for not telling about Mark DeRosa, though. Okay, I think it's even now. Yeah. I think right. it's now. Well, even sorry, Stan. Between. I'm sorry. Any, anything I'll fun? Did you do anything actually? Uh, baseball. Oh, right. baseball's fun for me. Usually. Hey, go to pressboxonline.com slash offers right now. Get $150 in bonus bets from DraftKings after placing your first $5 bet. See this and other great sportsbook offers at pressboxonline.com slash offers. I had dinner with my sister, and we watched uh, old episodes of Survivor, which is what we like doing. Cause wow. Survivor, I love Survivor. That is. That will make one of us not for me, my friend. I loved it for the first three seasons I, it was on. The, I used to love the women on it. The, you know, and the, the first yeah. season when everybody was like captivated by mm-hmm. it and the entire country. It's, it's so difficult to explain this. It was like the lead story on CNN the next day. Really? Yeah. Was Survivor. It was that made sense. big made when sense. it first came out. Yeah. Um, still should well who is the guy Richard Hatch I still remember that oh, guy God, Richard yeah. Hatch I yeah. still remember Richard Hatch it was that big of a he deal he was the people everybody hated everybody hated him because yeah, he was the weasel right he, but he won the, yep 100% yeah. he figured it out he, was, he, he walked around naked sh- can you believe that show's been on like 20 it's plus nuts. seasons yeah. Stan I oh god I wish I could remember who it was that was on CNN this day but whoever the the other the female finalist was that lost to Richard Hatch right right the next day on CNN, on CNN, <laughs> she was on. Well, no, her parents. Her parents were. On. were on. They couldn't even get her. <laughs> they had her parents on. That was a big story. And I remember, like, they treated the interview like it was a state interview, like it was an. A, I swear to God, I ooh, if I could remember who the like interview was. That was you got to remember, put it in perspective. That's pre-Donald Trump. It certainly he sucks up everything. There's no now. doubt. There's no doubt about that. It, the next day, this would have been 99, 2000, somewhere in that range. Somewhere in the late it was 90, I think the first season was came, 2000, 2000. And it was yeah. the year 2000. So this is even pre-George W. Bush. Right. I swear to God, whoever the interviewer was wrapped up the interview by saying, America is so proud of your daughter. <laughs> like, she had, <laughs> like she had gone to the moon. <laughs> like she had done something. America is so proud of your daughter. I mean, they were like making references to it on Sopranos and oh, stuff. Like, it was, Jesus, man, it was a phenomenon among phenomenons. Yeah. All right, tidbit, what you got? Uh, let's see. Okay, so this is the third time in the Marlins franchise history that they have uh, ever been at least fourteen games over five hundred uh, at at some point in the season. So this okay. is the third time they've ever done that. Fifth best record in all of baseball. Yeah, Marlins. Are- Although they play the Braves this weekend, correct? That mm, sounds right. I don't know the matchups this on, weekend. Uh, um, it, it, so the the previous two seasons. They, by the way, they are in Atlanta. Yes. Okay. The previous two seasons that they were at least fourteen games over five hundred. 
2003 and 1997. I believe they won the World Series both years. You yes. are correct. Yes. So, uh, so you're saying our the Marlins? Yeah, right. Yeah, Go ahead. Yes. Um, I saw this. This uh, was like a graphic going around that I that I liked. Uh, he this uh, Jay Kuda on Twitter. He put together the pitcher with the the most the visiting pitcher with the most starts at every ballpark uh, in Major League Baseball. Do you know who has the most starts as a visitor uh, at Camden Yards? The most ever all time? Yes. Like not active. Yeah, yeah, he's not. He is not active. He's not and, active. And, and they, it can't be someone who got starts as an Oriole. Like the only yeah, starts yes, that count yeah. are the ones. He, he, he's, he was never. He's a Oriole. visitor. He was yeah. a visitor. So I'll say Andy Pettit. Yeah, that is an excellent guess. It is not Andy Pettit, though. Okay. It's and wait a minute. It's somebody who's definitely could he be on the IL right now? No, he doesn't. Not, he's not doesn't active. have to be yeah, active. He's not doesn't active. have to be. Doesn't active. have to be. And I just gave it to you. He's not active. Okay. He's yeah. not active. Okay. Just who's made the most starts as a visitor at, in Canada? It's got to be an American League East of team, course. Yeah. right? So you would think it would be a Boston Red Sox or a Blue Jay. Or a Yankee. That's why I went with Pettit first because, yeah. but Pettit's career, I guess, technically, did Pettit, Pettit start before '92? Maybe that's what. Um, Andy Pettit. It, it, it's not against the Orioles. Uh, he does have the most starts at Rogers Center, though. Andy Pettit mm-hmm. does. Yeah. Makes some sense. Oh uh, no, Pettit started in '95. Uh, all right. Well, let's just go through. We'll, How we'll, about we'll, Pedro yeah. Martinez? Not Pedro Martinez. Okay. Let's go. Um, uh, let's go Clemens. Not Roger Clemens. He definitely started before '92, so that's part of the yeah. problem there. Um, and he, but he played for three LE, AL East teams, so that's why he was compelling yeah. to me. Um, Sabathia, CC Sabathia is the answer. Twenty-eight CC, starts. It's only interesting because he spent enough time not in the AL East that he, I didn't. He has the most starts at three, two other stadiums. Do you want to try to guess which ones those are? Fenway. Not Fenway. Uh, Tiger Stadium? Early win would have the most starts at Fenway Park. Oh, I guess Fenway's been around for what, so long. Tiger Stadium? Correct. Comerica Park? CC Sabathia has the most starts. And, uh, and one more park? And one more, yeah. Kansas City. Uh, Kansas the new City. one in Minnesota. Not Minnesota. Comiskey. Not, no. Tampa. Tampa, yes. Okay. Tropicana. Tropicana won. Yeah. Oh, because of, I'm thinking. 26 yeah, okay. starts uh, as a visitor there That's for CC Sabathia. And then uh, since it is all the all-star selections are coming out, uh, this is actually going to be the first time that we have a rookie starting for the American League and the National League in the same year, Corbin Carroll. And uh, why do I already forget? Oh, Josh Young. Carroll may not start. Oh, He's really? Got shoulder soreness. Oh. He didn't play yesterday. Mm, well, then that, and maybe he had, a, he had that, that shoulder surgically repaired two years ago. Mm. And I like that we were talking about yesterday Cal Ripken in the number of All Star appearances. Yeah. 19. 19. Oh, right. 19. 19. 19. That is the fourth most all time All Star game appearances. I want to see if you guys can now name the top e top yeah top nine top nine. So you have. The fourth. Willie, so I need eight, Ma- Willie eight Mays. Guys. Willie Mays. Willie Mays has the second most All Star game appearance. Hank 20. Aaron. Hank Aaron. He would be number one. Twenty one. Okay. Twenty one. Ted Will. Oh no, because he was way. Never mind. Not Ted Williams. Frank Robinson. Frank Robinson is not on here. And then Ted Williams. Ted Williams did make it. Seventeen. Seventeen. Okay. So he is top. Eight. So you remember in the '60s right? there yeah. were two All Star games. Oh, I for about four or five years. So that's yeah. why I went. Oh, about I so the way the that. way it's broken down is number of seasons on an All Star roster. So, oh, okay. So it doesn't. Okay. So, it did. so I think Hank Al Kaline have like twenty four All Star. Al Kaline. Al Kaline not in the top nine. Brooks Robinson. Brooks Robinson not in the top nine. He has fifteen seasons. Brooks did. Uh, so I'm looking for guys with sixteen or more All Star All Star All Star seasons. Harmon Killebrew. Harmon Killebrew, not in the top nine. 
Barry Bonds. Barry Bonds. Yeah, not in the top nine. Yeah. Mike Schmidt. Mike Schmidt, not in the top nine. Pete Rose. Uh, Pete Rose is indeed 17 all-star appearances. George Brett. George Brett. No, not George Brett. Jeez, what? Yeah. Are any of these Tony players, Gwynn. Are they pitchers? Tony Gwynn is not in the... No. Are they pitchers? Uh, any there's of them pitchers? one pitcher. One pitcher. There's a pitcher? Roger Clemens. Sorry, no pitchers. Sorry. So, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Not... I take that back. Yeah, then. No, no, right. Definitely not. We knew that. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, <laughs> silly. All position players. Sorry. <laughs> Uh, Mickey Mantle. Mickey Mantle, 16 all-star appearances, top nine. Rounds out to nine. So how many do we still need? We need Because I thought we were only going to top three, so I'm... Three. Willie McCovey. Three. Not Willie, Willie McCovey. Not Willie McCovey. I hate to say Derek Jeter. Not Derek Jeter. Right, yeah, they are... They are they're, all these guys I are... I bet Ron Santo. Old. Not Ron Santo. Mm. Billy Williams. Not Billy Williams. Ernie Banks. Not Ernie Banks. Going all Cubs. Yeah. Just all, Mark all Grace. Cubs. I went off the... Andre Dawson. No. Um, Stan Musial. Stan Musial. Yeah. He yeah. is tied for the second most with Willie Mays. Twenty seasons. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah seriously. What are you doing over there, yeah. Stan? What am I doing over here? So we need two more. You said it's two more. Yes. Johnny Bench. Not Johnny Bench. Uh, he I didn't guess. play long enough. Uh, uh, Joe DiMaggio. Uh, Not Joe DiMaggio. Joe, Joe DiMaggio. A hey, National League or American League? Uh, they are both American League. Both American Leaguers. Rod Carew. Rod Carew is correct. Very okay. good. You are good at this. Well, I mean, he's given us, like, you know, he's guiding uh, us. Both 18 League. all-star appearances for Rod Carew. Tied with Reggie Jackson. this other guy, not Reggie Jackson. Wade Boggs. Not Wade Boggs. Oh, it wasn't Wade Boggs. I'm trying to think of another player. Uh, uh, Shohei Otani. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. You would assume so. Maybe does he get an appearance for each, you know, as a pitcher? Ricky Henderson. Not Ricky Henderson. Not Ricky Henderson. He played 23 seasons for this one club. One club. 23 seasons for an American League club. 23 seasons for this club. I'm trying to go team by team now, right? So it's it's clearly not a Devil Ray. It's not not a a Blue Jay. Not a Blue Jay. It could be a Yankee or a Red Sox. Not George Brett. Oh, that would have. Or, or what about? Well, they're not in the American. Or they they were in the American League at the time. Molitor. No. Yeah. What about Kirby no. Puckett? Not Kirby Ooh, Puckett. That's a good one. Yeah. He was the 1967 MVP. Which yeah. Oh, <laughs> right on the tip of my tongue. 1967 MVP. It's not Jim Rice. It's not Jim Rice. No. Carl Yastrzemski. Carl Yastrzemski, mm, Boston Red Sox. That's a good answer. 18 All-Star appearances for Carl Yastrzemski. Wow. All right. Very good. That's a good that, that was a good one. All right. Very good. Thanks, Dan. Good. I don't always say that. <laughs> no, no, normally, you do not. normally, he thinks you're garbage. Yeah. <laughs> Tubular is brought to you by your local Toyota dealer. I think we guessed about 140. We really, we were all over the place. <laughs> brought to you by your local Toyota dealer. Buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines. So you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Twins Orioles, uh, tonight and tomorrow on Masson 2. Tonight, Pablo Lopez, Dean Kramer. Tomorrow, Bailey Ober and Kyle Bradish. Tomorrow is at 4 o'clock. 
Uh, like Saturday, 4 o'clock starts, was going to take the kids. Unfortunately, apparently have to go to a friend's 40th birthday party. Sunday, 12.05, yes. Sunny Gray versus Cole Irvin. Yep. want to remind everybody again, Kobe Mayo is one of the hottest players that in the minor correct. leagues right now. Might not be at uh, Bowie very long. He's uh, right now, what, you got 15 homers, yep. hitting over 300, 1,000 plus OPS. They play 635 Sunday evening at Bowie. Are you fireworks night? I'm going to try and go. I bet, like, will you sign autographs? Will you, like, no, I'll you? be there trying to get Kobe Mayo's autograph <laughs> on a ball. Um, uh, yeah, Sunday is on Peacock only for that matchup. Yep. Um, some other things this weekend, uh, USA Canada for the lacrosse world championship gold medal. That's tomorrow night, seven o'clock on ESPN two, uh, us soccer in action Sunday in the gold club. They take on Trinidad and Tobago at seven on Fox. That's basically it for significant events this weekend. Everything else you can find out at glennclarkradio.com. Wasn't, wasn't the USA-Canada game last night? No, USA-Australia was last night last in the night. semifinals. And US and USA won, won US so they played Canada. What was Canada. the score? Uh, it ended up being a blowout, but it yeah. started slowly. Like It started fairly competitive, and it started late, so that was very frustrating because I was not trying to stay up all night, and I was like, man... Uh, but ultimately, uh, the U.S. ended up pulling away. Can I? T- I know we're not tubular right now, but can I well, mention? This is, so, can I, yes. this this is, is tubular. Yes. Yes. Totally tubular. Yeah, totally. Watch the first two uh, episodes. Did not know that Hijack on Apple mm-hmm. was yeah. a, was a series. Oh, it's seven episodes, but but we made the mistake of watching it now. Only two have dropped. So it's five more weeks. I would suggest waiting about three weeks or four weeks. <laughs> okay. And get, let it and get, all. Yeah. First two episodes are really, really I definitely want to watch yeah. it. Yeah. I 1,000% want to watch He's fantastic. Oh, yeah. He's fantastic. Yes. Uh, by the way, the final was 11-2 last night. The U.S. beat Australia. So. Uh, not a whole lot. Darn, I, I bet Australia. Uh, that was, I, that's a really questionable <laughs> decision, Stan. I don't know why you would be doing that. Uh, it is the fourth and final season uh, premiere of Tom Clancy's Jack Ryan on uh, Amazon Prime John Video. Krasinski. Yes. Yeah. yes. Uh, is it Cake 2 on Netflix? I don't know. This, what... is, the, this is the one where like there's chefs and they have to make a cake. Oh, but it's, we it don't... looks realistic. It's that thing from Twitter where yeah, like, everybody's like... Yeah, and they like... decide to make it into a TV show and... Why and are the judges they, have to guess? Is I'm it just cake? curious. Why are they making this the last season of Jack Ryan? It's not like John Krasinski is like 50. How old six. is John Krasinski though? That's but, a but fair it question. doesn't matter. Harrison Ford played no, played Jack Ryan when he was in his 50s or maybe <laughs> 60s. You're not wrong. Uh, John Krasinski is actually only 43. Jeez, That's what I was, thought. Yeah. How old was he when he started on The Office then? Like 20. I, yeah, he must yeah. be 27 or Holy something like that. Smokes. But seriously, that's a very popular show. It's not like it's been. 13 years of it. It's like four seasons. I, of but it. I can see, like, I feel like they have done Jack Ryan. Like, they, they're, they're out. Fi- five years. They, it's like they enough wanna, Adam Fraser. They want to pause for a little while. And then five years from now, they'll have some new version of the, a Jack, Jack Ryan, Ryan movie or whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. Like, I, I, I get the sense that it's. Okay. Like this is just—it's almost like they're treating it like Bond anymore. Yeah. You know, like you're you're Jack Ryan for a little while, and then I'm dying for the new Bond. Who? who I don't think they've the, even made it official, yeah. which is frustrating. Yeah. Uh, that's really that's really it. There, obviously, Walking Dead, Dead City on Sunday night, as well as Righteous Gemstones. Gemstones yeah. The Idol. Uh, uh, I thought they canceled the Idol. 
Did they? I mean, I thought I saw they, that they they're canceled. not going to air the rest of the episode. I thought I saw they just said it's done. R- There's no way that. that, What's that, that? What show is that? I mean, that could be true. Uh, this is it's on HBO. Uh, it's with the weekend and uh, Johnny Depp's daughter. Oh, okay. uh, and it has name. been panned, and they will only uh, apparently they they are not going to air the final. They're going to end if whatever they're going to do five episodes and not six. Wow. So I don't know if they've already done five, and so they're not airing the six. This would have been the fifth episode, so I guess this will be the I final get... episode tonight then, I guess. It's, or not tonight, but Sunday. Okay. That's, there you go. Because this would have been the fifth episode. <laughs> really weird. Yeah. Really, really weird. You know what America, you know what CNN reporter <laughs> said to Johnny Depp? <laughs> yeah, so, America's so proud, proud of, your, of daughter. your daughter. So proud of your daughter. God. Oh, uh, and of course, uh, this weekend, Indiana Jones. Oh, that's right. Is in theaters this weekend. So if you want to watch an, 80, and Harrison Ford's an 83, like an 83 year old Indiana Jones. Uh, yeah. Hey, don't I'm knock 80 year olds. I'm not. They're still uh, very no, vibrant. I'm not. Well, I mean, I, uh, Johnny Holiday could be here, uh, Indiana Jones at this point. Um, I, I hate saying this because the last one stunk. Like, it was awful. And yet, I'm still not telling you I won't go see this. Right. One. right. I'm still. In fact, we had an entire this weekend at Benji's. They're showing the uh, Pixar movie. What is it? Elemental. Yes. And then Indiana Jones afterwards. And I was like, great double feature. I could take my kid. I'll take the kids to that. And Mrs. Clark was a- Mrs. Clark. By the way, has never been to a drive-in movie theater in her wow. life. And so at this point, she's at the if I've never needed it now, why? Do, like if I never needed it before, why do I need it now? And what I realized the problem is for her, she likes going to bed at nine o'clock. Right. So the idea that the movies don't start until eight forty-five, right. she's she's out. She's right. just gonna she's fall asleep. Checked out. But the kids, will the go- kids, if I had them take a nap, right? Like right. if I told them, hey, we're gonna do this thing, take a nap during the day, and so we can go watch the movies, they'd be they would be over the moon. Like they would love it. Which would you rather do, the movies with the kids or Sunday night baseball at Bowie? Hmm. I, fireworks and Kobe I like both. Mayo. The problem is they're both really good. I like both answers. I was also thinking about taking them to the an amusement park on Monday, since we're off. I was considering the possibility of taking them. Like they're gonna. I think I'm gonna do one we're, event with the kids. We're like Disney World. Yes, exactly right. We liked it so quick. much. We just figured we could hop on a quick flight. You mean like Hershey, Hershey or, or Six Flags, one of those. Right. You know, something like that. I think Kings Dominion is probably a little bit too far right. for me to be able to pull that off as a day trip anymore. But. Right. Um, one of the other two, yeah, yeah, I would probably do that with the kids, and the, that might be the way that we spend our Monday since we're not doing a show on Monday. But we'll see. I also have to be up at four a.m. on Tuesday now, so it's what it is. Um, all right, we got to take one more break, right? We do, yes. All right, we'll take one more break. We'll come back in, and then we'll chat with Mark DeRosa to wrap up the week. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Maryland drivers, did you know you can save up to 77% on tolls with an EasyPass Maryland discount plan? That's right, 77%. It's never been easier. Pick the plan that's right for you at driveezmd.com. We'll keep you moving. It's a Maryland thing you wouldn't understand. Where the waves meet the shore, you will find Dorchester County. Hi, this is Jimmy Charles. When I think of Maryland, I think Dorchester County on the eastern shore where it's open for making memories. Dorchester County, it's a Maryland thing. For more info, visit www.visitdorchester.org. It's a Maryland
The latest edition of Pressbox is available now. On the cover, Dave Ginsburg remembers Goose as he looks back on the impact that late Tony Saragusa had both on and off the field here in Baltimore. Plus, he explains how Goose's kids are working to continue that legacy with the Goose Flights program. Also inside, Todd Karpovich profiles the path Tyler Wells has taken to becoming a star in the Orioles rotation, and you'll find a special summer travel guide with information about events and activities throughout the state. Pressbox is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the O's, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. The All-America Senior Game, powered by New Balance, will be back at Johns Hopkins Homewood Field on July 29th. The most decorated girls and boys lacrosse players in the country have been invited to play in what is the premier lacrosse event of the year. Every college coach wants their players in this game, and if you dream of being in this game, you start by trying out for one of your regional underclass teams this summer. The best against the best. Get your tickets now at allamericalacrosse.com. Hey, Birdland, watch the Orioles in action against the Minnesota Twins at Camden Yards on Saturday, July 1st at 4.05. Be one of the first 30,000 fans 15 and over to receive the Birdland Hawaiian shirt. Arrive early for one of our most popular giveaways and for early bird Saturdays. Gates open two hours before first pitch every Saturday home game with happy hour, live music, and more. Enter vacation mode and purchase your tickets today at Orioles.com slash tickets. Your summer destination is closer than you think at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. With an expansive gaming floor and incredible dining options ready for you to explore, your adventure awaits. Dine at the new Coho Korean Barbecue House coming in July or on the patio at the Prime Rib. Enjoy the summertime breeze at Orchid Smoking Patio. Limited time packages starting at $229. What are you waiting for? Book now. At Arundel Mills, must be 21. Please play responsibly for help. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call one 800 gambler Costas Inn has been serving up delicious steamed crabs for over 50 years. Lately, the crabs you want to eat when the weather warms up have gotten harder and harder to get, so get your crab-eating game plan in place. Make sure to stick this number on your fridge, 410-477-1975. Call ahead and reserve the size crabs you want. You may be able to walk in, but you may also be disappointed at the size or maybe even get shut out altogether. So call ahead, have a plan, and then arrive on your crab-eating vacation. Costas also has delicious crab soup and crab cakes. The Costas Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard. For more than 50 years, they've been satisfying crab lovers in and around Baltimore. Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. Check out PressBoxOnline.com every day to find daily winners and betting advice from Jeremy Kahn. And if you want some advice about life decisions that you probably shouldn't make, here's Glenn Clark. All right, winding down. Stan the Fan Charles is packing up. Uh, of course, no show on Monday. No show on Monday, Thursday. No guests yet. Gary Stein will be back with me. And you will be on tomorrow morning with the guys in the bat I'll be on tomorrow morning with the guys in and the bat And there will be power rankings, I'm assuming, still? Power rankings will be with no real commentary, but right. there will be power rankings on Monday by noon. Very good. Appreciate you, man. It's good Warriors to see you. Warriors are soon. hanging in the top five, it looks like, right now, unless they have an abomination let's of hope, a weekend. Let's hope that's not That's how you're going to end the Yeah, the let's weekend. hope that is not I don't, okay. I don't think they will. All right. Okay. 
at Stan the Fan on Twitter if you want to follow him there. Hey, thanks today to Stan. Thanks to Bobby Nightingale. Thanks also to Dylan Beavers and to Mark DeRosa, who you're about to hear from. We'll get it all up in the greatest hit section of the... Oh, my God, it's so good. Tab at com. Can I get a recount? How about George Altman? Didn't he uh, George Alt- for appear All-Star? in seven? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I, I don't know that know George that Altman made, made 17. I, I don't no, think that's it. the... I don't know that he yeah, made one. I don't think that's the case. Let's see. Um, How do you spell Altman? A-L-T-M-A-N. A-L-T-M-A-N. George Altman was a three-time All-Star, so he did. In fact, it's not bad, by the way. Not bad. All right. Um, so, as we said, no show on Monday or Tuesday. I will be on uh, with Rita on Sunday on 105.7, and I'll be on with... Drew Forrester, Tuesday morning on 105.7 The Fan, which is a mistake. History. Um, Yeah, I don't know why we would do that, but we will do that on Tuesday morning, so you can hang out with us there. So I will be doing two shows between now and Wednesday, just two shows over there, and then we'll be back here and back to normal come Wednesday. So uh, look forward to that. Appreciate you guys uh, enjoying and and clamoring and asking. But (laughs) on Monday when when you say, hey, where's the show? There is no show. No show on Monday. Then obviously Tuesday is the holiday, and then we're back on Wednesday. Capiche? Cool. Enjoy your 4th of July weekend. Please, as always, don't do anything stupid with fireworks. Don't drink and drive. It's too easy now. Just get an Uber, whatever. And if you're out by a pool and you have small children, two seconds is too long. Keep an eye on them at all times. Oh, and I'll add in for my guy T-Bone, Tom Marr, and Kelly's Dream, wear your sunscreen. Not that hard. Don't be an idiot. Wear sunscreen this weekend. I cover everything I need to cover. I think so, yeah. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right. Uh, thanks, everybody at Pressbox. All of our great sponsors and partners, including Live Casino and Hotel Maryland, Glory Days Grill, Dorchester County, the Bowie Bay Sox, Royal Farms, Costas Inn, All American Lacrosse, the Baltimore Orioles, Birdland Sports, Easy Pass MD, your local Toyota dealer, and buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Griffin at Griffin underscore Bass on Twitter is how you follow him. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great weekend. Go Birds. Go Team USA. Duke sucks. We wrap up the week. Had an opportunity to catch up with Mark DeRosa from MLB Network right here on GCR. Well, it's a pleasure now to be joined here on GCR by a man that you see regularly on MLB Network, and it feels like every time I've seen him this season, he's been talking about the Orioles. He is, of course, a former longtime <laughs> MLB utility player. D-Row, Mark DeRosa, with us on the program Mark, it's Glenn in Baltimore. It's great to chat with you, man. Thank you for taking the time for us. Uh, no problem. Great to chat with you guys. Baltimore is an easy team to uh, to talk about these days. I, and I, I swear it feels like every time I've been seeing you, you've been talking about Gunner, talking about one of these guys. I, but before I, I get to all that, though, if I could, you had a, the, the opportunity with Team USA to be around Cedric for a little while, and I just wanted yeah. to get some thoughts from you. I have... Like I think coming into this season, there are a lot of us that were wondering, hey, what what is Cedric's part in the long term? You know, the, 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 what the Orioles are trying to go from being a competitive team to being a championship team. And I don't know, a month into the season, it just like smacked me in the middle of the face. Like this is the guy. As much as Adley Rutschman is maybe the star here and the guy that you want to sign to big money. Cedric Mullins as a leader, a quieter, not Adam Jones, but, you know, still a leader, a guy that people take his cues yeah. from. Um, what he does on the field, how he's improved, uh, you know, hitting against lefties, all of these things. What was your experience like with Cedric, and how much do you feel like the Orioles would be wise to 
maybe give that guy a five-year deal right now and sign him up to be a central part of this thing as they move into hopefully championship contention the next few years? Yeah, I think for me, being around him, it would be a no-brainer to lock him up. And I, I say that because he does a couple things for you, right? He's a First off, he's way more talented than, than I thought he was before I showed up. He's got way more power than I thought he had. The bag's a lot hotter than I thought he did. He's just overall. I remember when I played um, in 2009 on Team USA, and, you know, you see these guys on TV, but unless you're in a room with them for three straight weeks, I walked away saying, man, Jimmy Rollins is a hell of a lot better than I thought he was, right? And that was my takeaway from Cedric. It was very easy for me to find ways to get him in the, into the game. Yeah. Um, Kyle Tucker went down. It was easy to play Cedric. Mike Trout wanted to get off his feet. It was easy to play get Cedric out there. Um, he's consistent. He has consistent ABs. He's a consistent human being walking in the door. Mm-hmm. He adds value in all facets. Um, and that's what you're looking for in a ball player. Do I, Does he have to be a vocal leader? No, I'm sure there's some other guys in there. But, man, if you're going to pay somebody – to be an unbelievable employee and punch the clock and do the right thing every day, I mean, he pretty much is uh, the definition of that. That's the way I was feeling. And a, and a beloved member of the community, a guy that, that fits in, yeah. that wants to be a part of it, that enjoys being here, that has done the right things. I, I am enamored. Yeah, there's no BS with him. Yep. What you see is what you get. I mean, he walked in the, he, he walked in the door every day ready to go, willing to do whatever it took to, to help us win. Uh, Mark, I know you've been high on Gunnar Henderson for a while. Uh, we have seen the turn. In se- I guess we're going to reach the part of the conversation where the Orioles need to sign everybody, right? Um, like, <laughs> what have you noticed in how he's turned, and do you feel like what we're seeing now is the start of him genuinely becoming a legitimate star in this league? Yeah, I think for me we're just so quick to want to, like, thrust star on someone half a year up I, I, the game's hard I think for me watching Gunner on a nightly basis I, he screams superstar right the way he carries himself the size the swings he can get off how he can impact the game in, in, in all facets so you can't deny the sheer just tool set that he brings to the table now it's about baseball acumen right he wants to you're starting to see him control the strike zone a little bit better you're starting to see him kind of stack at bats on top of one another you start to see him game plan against certain pitchers and how they're going to attack them so when a guy with that kind of tool set is able to start understanding how guys are going to attack him and and try and get him out on a nightly basis and not just leave it to chance mm-hmm. i always used to say whenever i met a guy if I asked them what their thought processes were were with regards to hitting and they said see ball hit ball they're probably a bad hitter. That's only getting you so far, yep. right? There's a lot of these guys that early in their career, they could probably pull that off, see ball, hit ball. Um, being around some of the game's greats and, and sharing locker rooms with them and clubhouses with them, I know the great players, didn't, great hitters didn't think like that. So I think Gunner came up with a lot of see ball, hit ball, let, let my athleticism play. And I think as, as, he, progress, as he progresses – He's starting to understand what he does well and what he doesn't, what he can handle. So, sky's the limit. Listen, 
there's so much to love about the Orioles because they're young, but they're super likable mm. and they're super athletic. Like Adley's a Adley's Buster Posey. I I saw Buster Posey come up. I was there in 2010. I know the impact it had. When you see these guys, these Gunners and Westberg and uh, you know what is it, Kerstead and Kowser and all these guys in the minor leagues. And, and, and these guys are well aware. They go to spring training with these guys. The veteran players know these are not just so-called prospects. These are like game-changing players for mm-hmm. our organization. So when they walk in the door, it's just constant like, here we go, man. They're just giving us, giving us another chance, giving us another chance. So that's why it's easy to jump on board. I mean, this series with Cincinnati, how can you take it? Who would have thought? Coming into this year, we, we'd be yep. dialed in on Baltimore, Cincinnati in yep. late June. It was awesome. I, obviously, we would have so. preferred if the Orioles would have hung on and won the third game after coming back. But uh, <laughs> other than that, it was awesome. Uh, of course, you see Mark DeRose on MLB Network, MLB Central weekdays from 9 to 11 a.m. Mark, Mark, I want to come back for those big picture thoughts, but just one more specifically, because you mentioned you know Westberg's up now, and one of the things we had talked about with Gunner yeah. was would he have been well-suited to, to just play a position, right? Like, let's not move you around. Let's not have you at short one night, third one night. You, of course, played literally every position, right? Like, you, I mean, yeah. I, what do you make of for a young player? Jordan Westberg, we've already seen him play second and third this week. Is is there value in just saying, hey, dude, for a little while, we just want you to play second, and that's just going to be your spot as you get comfortable and then that versatility, that'll be great, but maybe we worry about that a little bit down the road, and right now we just have you work on this thing. Yeah, I think, I think it, it's case by case. Okay. You know, I don't know Jordan. I don't, I, I don't know his makeup, if he's a guy that desires or, or feels like in order to be successful offensively he needs to play one spot. I thought athletically it freed me up. Okay. I came up as a shortstop. I'd never played another inning in my life except shortstop through the minors, high school, college, everything. And then I saw Raphael for call on a backfield, and I knew my life was about to change. Like, I was just an honest evaluator of, of myself first him. Mm-hmm. So I said, okay, I could be stubborn and say I'm a shortstop, and maybe I am, but I'm not going to be one with Atlanta. Yep. And Or I can – fight the fight and try and you know be a utility guy and be athletic and do all different sorts of things in that regard and I found I found a lot of joy in it I I found a lot of uh kind of a free and easy kind of way of going about it if I was in the outfield I had fun with it if I, I was at third so I think the makeup of the player kind of dictates that he strikes me as a guy that the bat plays Mm. And it's always going to play. Mm. So how do we get him on the field? I don't know if he's necessarily Roberto Alomar at second. I don't know what he looks like at third yet over the course of 162. So I just think just throwing more talent in the room with, with make up the way these guys have right now, it's like, wow, special thing. The, dude, the, the play, the flip he made on the first night when he was playing second base. <laughs> you're just like everybody's talking about this kid as a bat and you're like okay if if that's a bat jesus <laughs> you got I something know. and there. then i said this kid 
this kid's going to have his first big league AB delayed in the middle of the AB with rain. It was horrible. He was trying to stay in there. And yet he's got five hits in the first three games. He's got everything is going well for Jordan Westberg. Uh, you know, Mark, what you talked about and all the excitement, and we're feeling all of it, right? Like, it's a fun team. These guys enjoy each other. I, I wonder, when you think about that culture, I, you know, people ask all the time, how good of a manager do you think Brandon Hyde is? And I'm like, I don't I don't know. Like, I don't know X's and O's. There are plenty of times we're all going to disagree with, you know, who goes into the game at a certain point as a reliever. And when you lose, you always blame the manager. Oh, if you had just done this, you would have gotten a different result. But what I say is that culture and more – I was just talking about this with Ryan O'Hearn the other day. That can't happen despite the manager, right? Like there's no way that that Brandon Hyde can't be at least a part or a big part of the reason why a winning culture and a culture where guys enjoy coming to work exists. And I think that has to man- matter in how you reflect on the job a manager is doing, right? Yeah, I don't know Brandon that well, except to be around him at a John Lester retirement party this okay. past off season okay. for about two days out in the woods. Yeah, and I got a chance to hang out with him a lot. He's a guy's guy. Um, he's probably no frills in the clubhouse, uh, open door policy, and he expects you to show up and play hard. I just, I just think that's who you want to. That's who you want to battle for. He's going to tell you honestly, and and he's been through the grind with a lot of these guys. He's lost a ton of games with these guys. So to see it turn and to see the joy in his eyes, and then see the joy in the, in the you know the fans and the players, I can't imagine that these guys don't want to run through a brick wall for him. So he just seems like an honest kind of no no BS kind of manager. Um, is it time for this team to now use their depth? and the fact that they have so many particularly infield prospects to go land themselves. like The starting pitching thing still seems to be the one thing that you would say it's not quite there, and I know it's not easy. You can't take the guys you don't want and just go get an ace. That's not the way that this sport works. But is that the biggest difference right now for you and the Orioles being a good competitive team and being a World Series caliber team, and is now the time to start being aggressive? Yeah, I think it's currently constructed. They can find themselves in a division series. I just don't. I don't know as currently constructed. Can they grind out and win the whole thing? Yeah. Um, you're asking a lot of the starting rotation. You're asking a lot of Kyle Gibson to kind of anchor it. There are guys out there. I don't know who they are yet. The Strowmans of the world. I'm not so sure that Dylan Ceases of the world become available. That remains to be seen. But I think. Every team that I've been on that had a chance to go to the postseason, if the GM makes a move that makes sense, that makes sense, that doesn't take innings away from a guy that's already helped us get there, if he can bring in a savvy move that makes that team better, man, nothing fires up the boys more than seeing that door open up and there's like two two or three guys walking in with different bags from different teams, and you know they're going to help us, so... I would expect, and I'd be disappointed if the Orioles don't do something before I let you, at the you, deadline to, to bolster their team. You brought a name up there, and it's it's interesting to me because the, the Dylan Cease would be desirable from a control standpoint, right? Like you got three years of team yeah. control with Dylan Cease. That is an obvious target, but it would mean an obvious price. And to your point, it's why the White Sox don't have to trade him the way they have to trade a Giolito. 
Um, the, the numbers aren't great this year, right? Like the home runs have kind of always been, an, you know, an issue. They've been worse and the walks have been disastrous this year, but he's a, a year removed from being one of the best pitchers in baseball. Would you still be yeah. willing to pay? Like when you look at him, do you still see that that guy is there and, and you can harness that and it's worth paying if he's available a heavy I mean, price? He makes you better. At what cost? I, I I don't know what the White Sox would be asking back. I wouldn't, you know, jump through hoops to make that happen. I like the Tyler Wells. I like Bradish. I like Kramer. I like what you got. I'm just saying, if you're gonna bring in somebody who jumps them, I mean, I think Giolito would definitely get the ball in a division series. No if doubt. You brought him in. No doubt. All right, Mark. I know I need to let you go again. MLB Central every day, nine to eleven a.m. Mark D E R O seven on Twitter. Mark DeRosa. Really appreciate you spending some time with us, man. Thank you so much. No, thank you, man. Joy.